Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Jazz hands. Gavin! Yes. Gay time! Gay time! Waiting for tonight. Oh! When you would be here in my arms. Gail. <laughs> what in the hell did Chris give me? What's your no. Like all it's, of that. It's me. I'm sorry. My energy is throwing you. <laughs> no, I'm insane. It's just funny. Okay. Up to it's 11. stupid. We so we're this. doing waiting on Ugh. the night. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't mean to be. That was pro. I'm okay. That's right. Or we could do. I'm a little bit down. country. I'm a little bit rock well, and roll. It's like 2 a.m. Ladies, it's fine. It's late. It's, we've been going at this for 11 hours. <laughs> Feels like it's two. <laughs> right. Just for the intro. <laughs> We say what we want, and apparently we do care because we're willing to bad Kidnapping, gay sex, yeah. all right. so kids, So it's J-Lo. Stuff. Let me, oh my God, hold on. I can't because believe you know all the words. I'm about to. I know, I don't know all the words. I'm just going to. terrible. I'm going to throw you off, so. It's cool. Yeah. That my answer. I'll look this Whatever. No, no, no. Oh, okay. And that's just in our honor of our other guest. Yeah. Okay. okay. This is the intro. <laughs> we say what we want. <laughs> And we don't care. <laughs> Sweet home Alabama. I tried not to look at you guys so they wouldn't. Do you want us to go outside? Would that be better? No. Okay. Will you not cut I'm any of this? Just Will you just play this stupid. all the way through, please? We're you know what? Some. Fuck it. It's Gab and Gay time. Yes. I'm a little bit country. Oh, that's the one we're doing? Yeah. I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> Hello. We're getting started. We're going to we splice this up. Yeah. Okay. I think every bit of it should stay. I love. I. I feel like more viewers or more listeners will come. Well, to the train wreck. Choo choo. All aboard. Well, the problem Beep. is, is that we had some chocolate earlier, and it's making us quite giggly right now. And we have two of my favorite people in the whole world. So yeah, Yay. I'm gonna laugh. Yeah. 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 And they've been hilarious since we've been here. Oh my goodness. Um, so these men right here, I would definitely want to be in a sandwich with, but they will not let me because they love each other. Gross. They are the president of Knox Pride. And can I say that we're, you're opening up a Pride Community Center? Mm-hmm. And he's opening up a Pride Community Center here in Knoxville. That's super amazing. And then his I husband. Hope they'll tell us all about it. He will. His husband, I gotta I gotta introduce his husband. Do you have a list? His husband I absolutely fucking love. Every time he performs, I get all like tingly inside. Mm-hmm. And I know he'll never have me. And that's okay. But he is the producer of Bear It All, which is Bearless. Yes. You know what Bearless yes, is? I yeah. do. Mm, yeah. Actually, uh I saw him at your birthday party one <gasps> year. Yes. That was a good night. Mm-hmm. That was a good night. 
You lick cake off of parts or something <laughs> similar. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna confirm. And they're both that. producers <laughs> of my troupe, Salome Cabaret. It is the infamous John and Dustin Camp. Yay! Yay! Hi. Hello. You can say hi. They're a campy camp. Hi. Yes. Know. You might want to move that closer, closer to, you to your, so your you mouth. Yeah, you get comfortable, and then that will move. Yeah, you can that'll just... move to you. I grab yeah, a long things. So. I know it's big and <laughs> I'm black. sorry. I don't know why that is trying to be silly, but yeah, just move it. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like you're very comfortable with the shape. I am. <laughs> Somewhat. We well, all are. And he's a performer. Yes. Yeah. How to use the mic? That was not a good sign. <laughs> As a gay man, he's good at using mics. <laughs> yeah. It made me a gem. How many guys named Mike have you dated? None. Oh. See? He just mm-hmm. uses them. Zero. Okay, so let's get the official stuff <laughs> out of the way. Knox <laughs> Pride. Uh-huh. Knox What's Pride. new? We're building good. a pride center. <sighs> Something lacking in Knoxville. Agreed. Yeah, Where's so it going to be? South Knoxville. We can't announce the address yet we have one more paper to sign okay. oh very we'll cool have that yeah. coming up this week probably so what are you going to do there what kind of events will you hold well, or will events, you but i want to focus more on the community outreach so nice. we're gonna have a food pantry uh we're hoping to have legal services and housing aid that can help people find uh, things they need especially the demographic from like 17 to 25 that yeah. come out and lose their family members mm-hmm. friends not mm-hmm. sure what they need to do uh, so we're hoping we can have some kind of resource center there that will help people find the needs that they have. So I'm working with some community leaders to try to have liaisons at different departments in the state because there's things out there. It's just very hard to find. Yeah, it's the resources are yeah. probably available, and then people finding don't know them. Where they are. That's the hard part. That's well, how Tennessee they hide likes it to from hide you. Resources, yes. so yeah, they don't uh, want to use lots it. Lots of government they're like, they're places here. do. Just you know, have a master's degree and you can figure it out. Yeah, it's really, yeah, that's what chaps my butt. We will have events there, too. We'll probably move some of our smaller fundraisers in. We want to do monthly town hall meetings, and then we're hoping that some smaller organizations that can't afford um, to rent a space for a meeting or a gathering can use our space at no charge right? um, so that we can kind of foster a community and have a place where people come together, like-minded people. Yeah, that's very cool. And then I'm sure people themselves would love to give to this as well. Yeah, we've gotten some good donations so far, but we need lots of money. So, yes, people need to donate at knoxpride.com forward slash donate. Well, there you go. Yeah, definitely get those dollars in. I'm calling corporations and saying, help the gays. You won't look good PR-wise if you don't. We also need just normal people to give money to. Yeah, so instead of buying all that rainbow merch, just... How about give it over here to this? Or buy rainbow merch from knoxpride.com slash shop. Oh, there you go. Yes. And that money goes to the Pride Center. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that the organization that you donated money to in my name yesterday? Yes. And I donate lots of money to that organization. Anyway. Yes. Being a nonprofit board, you don't... get paid but usually pay some into it so but i think it's it's a good investment in the future of the community it is are you afraid of anything negative coming out of this i don't care about negativity what like, even could negative be oh, everyone's negative if yeah. you read the well people are negative about anything yeah. that you do that they didn't start i think that you just don't pay attention or pay any um 
of your own time to negativity, then it doesn't really matter. And I guess I'm yeah. really talking about maybe the Christian communities here because Knoxville is We actually very... have that's true in a lot of cases, but here in Knoxville a lot of the churches are very good allies and oh, good. And, and right away want to help. Uh Remnant Church is located next door to where we're going to be. Um they do a lot of community outreach for homeless LGBTQ youth, mm-hmm. uh, and they have never said a word about it to anyone. They just do it. Mm-hmm. And we found out about it last week, so we donated $1,000 from Knox Pride to them to fix their roof uh, because they have a, what do they call it? Um, a tarp mm-hmm. through a hole yeah. in the roof going into a sink, and that's how they keep the building from flooding. Wow. So Jocelyn uh, from South Press Coffee did a dunk booth t- a tank at um, Southside Pride this past weekend to raise money for it. So we just made sure they had enough to cover all of it. That's Because amazing. there are a lot of people that aren't getting what they need. Not just Knox Pride. Knox Pride needs people to help more. But there's these smaller places that need someone. And I'm not personally putting homeless youth in homes. So they could use that money or help for that for sure. Yeah. It's, that, it's good to hear that because you hear so many people. Because I know a lot of people of the faith. And I know a lot of shitty people of faith. But I also do know a lot of good people of That's faith. That's what I'm talking about. So the it's shitty good people to hear of that. faith. It's, well, it's the shitty people and everything. They always get the spotlight. You know, moths are attracted to light. So when sure. you're a light being anyway, it, you know, you just do. You just do your thing. And you... Like they yeah. said, they didn't need to raise a flag and flag and say, "Look at us." But if their God is love, then you'd love. You don't, you know. It mm-hmm. isn't about, "Hey, what about this? What's your demographic? What do you, you know?" I wish more people understood that. Supposed to love them. Well, it's sad because a long time ago, I think there were a lot more people that did, and then there were a lot of people who learned to manipulate that dollar. You know? yeah. We're just manipulating it in the right way. Yes, <clears throat> I have no problem pushing Correct. my agenda, yes. but I'm not going to worry about people that are being negative. And Dustin's kind of taught me that because you used to be a very vindic- vindictive person. Mm-hmm. And these days I just like, no, let's just do the good stuff. And if you keep doing a lot of good stuff, the bad stuff gets pushed out to the side. Well, yeah, I mean, how I'll... long did it take you to learn that? Uh, we've been married for 13 <laughs> years, so about 11. That's amazing. Yeah. See? Yeah. That's and a lot nice. of good has happened in the last two years. Yeah, because I've known you for a little bit, and when we first met, it it wasn't it wasn't great because you no. didn't have a great impression of me from other people. <laughs> but and I thought that you know you were a little abrasive, but nothing that I couldn't work with. Well, also when you come into my community, um, especially burlesque, because between Sire and Dustin and I, I feel like we are the parents of this community. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come in new or from a not great situation. I'm going to be even worse with you because I have people to protect. Right. But I like you a whole and bunch I, now. I, I love underst- you. So. I understood that too coming in. It it sucks because, of course, nobody wants to feel like they they don't belong there, sure. I guess. So, but y'all finally, y'all finally came around to my fabulous. We did. And it's been great to have you. And, and of course, now to make your podcast better, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and now that you've got this thing that you're fundraising for, that is so up my alley, and I'm in. So yeah, whatever you've been very you need. vocal about being helpful. We have a lot for Braddy's bites and Braddy yourself. Did you go by Braddy on this, right? I, I mean, whatever. it's whatever. Okay. <laughs> you get so used to calling people by the performer names. Yes. So if we're tra- mm-hmm. especially when we're traveling across the country, you don't want to call them by their regular name. So I got I stopped about five years into the troop addressing anyone by their real name 
because Siren, our business partner and our best friend and all that, I would call her Carrie at the wrong time all yes. the time. And I was like, of course it's you that I'm going to fuck up with. So I tried just to call everybody by there. But now all these yeah. people are our actual friends and with our kids and my mom. My mom's like, okay, wait a minute. Rhoda, Becca, which one? I'm like, both, same, same person. So it's yeah. hard to sometimes. Yeah. It's hard it. for me, you know? And I know them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I met Carrie, Carrie, yeah. then Siren, but I figured out, okay, I had that down. But then when you're talking all burlesque dancers and then you've known them because somebody's a hairdresser or somebody right. does this or, you know, because <clears throat> you're all multifaceted diamonds. So they're not just one person. So who knows? I don't even bother with names anymore. Right. Just like, just hey. like hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? <laughs> and I definitely don't trust anybody that immediately likes me. I'm like, mm, yeah, you know. No you one don't. ever likes me, at least for two years. So. <laughs> and that's, I'm okay so, with that. At least. No, sometimes people do. But that's I, how much time I chatty. give things I'm just is kidding. two years. I'm really surprised I'm still doing burlesque right now because I would have already been like bored by it. I've said this before, like this podcast hopefully will last two yeah, years. I think it challenges you. I don't yeah. know. I'll still do one and I'll just stock it with comics. <laughs> She'll just, just be in a different path. And she'll just patch them in to make sense, like you're having a conversation. No, I, a I have a path. feeling that we're going to do this for a while, that we're going to pop off at some point. But Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my stop thinking pen, that way. You, my yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, seriously, we can. It's consistency will pay off. So we'll get racy. Plus, we have the magic unicorns of the podcast yeah. it's going to be so much better you're welcome so now we got the don't, business don't now, feed into that now that we have <laughs> that's, well you know that's his now that the patriarchy has given us our stamp of approval that's we can we, we can go forward we can go forward tits out tits she always said out. that i was harder on men than she is and i, I don't probably believe tend that. to to agree she is kind of a shit with men like yet what's funny is she's in the most submissive of the relationships i am not <laughs> you know it's like compartmentalizing funny. i have finally found somebody who challenges me to be a better person well you're welcome and, i wanted to do that and, for you yeah <laughs> she did she's needed you for a while most people do <laughs> you're so lucky I, I, dustin. I know it you're so damn lucky how how hey dustin how did you and john meet <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we <laughs> it seems like he was on his knees and a prayer was answered i don't know because it's like god himself sent this angel down to us to lead us to the path of righteousness oh my god <laughs> he will take this he will sleep so good tonight and dream about this <laughs> Oh no! Oh. Yeah, thank you. I am so sorry. I don't know why I'm I'm not getting to use it. Oh my! Oh, we may have to balance it out. Yeah. She asked you how we met. I was being quiet for like a minute. <laughs> we met way before there were dating apps on um, a little thing called AOL chat rooms. Nice. I love AOL chat rooms. What was your favorite one? <clears throat> <laughs> the, the gay one, <laughs> the gay one. I mean, the, the, but they Mel had Mel for Mel Knoxville. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they had different, for you know, M different rooms. Do you remember M AOL? That has no, a, I would no. not remember AOL. 
We told our parents <laughs> but the little, that we met at the UT the library, rooms? so I guess huh? we're telling the truth today. Chat rooms? <laughs> did chat rooms. So there was always one like submissive women or yeah. men looking for just, and then crazy ones that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I wasn't all the weird ones, but yeah, yeah you guys were like big daddies. Were you like bear daddy? No. Just we men for men. Then. It's been a long time. Yeah. Men for men. Men for men. <laughs> we talked for then. six months before we went on our first date. Talk oh, on the wow. phone. On the day, phone, yeah. For hours. Like to the point of falling asleep at night and then oh, waking up. Gosh. That's Did y'all so live romantic. in the same area? I guess we both didn't. lived in Knoxville. We okay. both had really bad relationships and we wanted to be, Dustin wanted to be a whore. I was entering my whore phase because I, I hadn't been in one yet. I had been in one for a while. Because <laughs> you had grown up kind of conservatively, right? Do I remember that right? That maybe you grew up a little, maybe a little Christian? I did. I worked for the church for years. I was the um, minister of youth and education. And so when th- there got to a point where the program I was over outshined the church mm-hmm. and i was asked to leave mm. um or to to pull back on what i was doing and i said no that's not what i was called to do or what you hired me to do i said so if you want me to be a babysitter i'm not the person i will stand up in front of the church and, and resign and that's what they asked me to do and i left and did, then did they know you were gay they did not did you know you were i gay did then? not know i was gay okay. um, but it was after that because i saw everything that went on behind the scenes in a church um, that I started questioning my beliefs and that opened me up to understanding who I was and and, and how those feelings of feeling different mm-hmm. were not bad and I was and that's when I was able to, to be my authentic self and come out and you needed a whore face I, 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 yeah well I came out and I went into three long-term relationships that were very toxic and um so i would one would end and the other would start and and i was like i'm done with that and i'm ready just to get whatever i can as much as i can and that's where i met him (laughs) and i was like (laughs) see you just weren't meant to be a jezebel i wasn't i was so mad So you didn't get your face. I didn't. He didn't get to well, Baskin right. Robbins it. He it's didn't right. get to try 32 flavors or anything. Well, you know it's right. You don't have to. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't far off. <laughs> Apparently God <laughs> did send him down here like, whoa, Nelly. Whoa. <laughs> when home. did you know, John? When did I know what? That you that were. I was gay? Yes. Um, <laughs> love is love, forever. but you're not allowed to be a whore. In, sec- <laughs> in second grade, we... Um, filled out this form about what we were going to be when we were adults and i wrote have a house have children have a husband and my mom was very proud of it <laughs> yeah so you at had... my catholic school <laughs> that my grandparents founded <laughs> um good childhood you sound like maybe a little opposite from dustin um yeah i have a great mom uh, I have a shitty dad um, who was more concerned with money and things, mm-hmm. um, and he's an important person, uh, but he did not think having me and my brother were important, so my mom moved us to Tennessee to get away from toxic stuff, so I don't remember any of that. I think yeah. she did a good job of block. She did what a mom's supposed to do. She blocked all of it out, um, so I had a really good childhood. I have a great stepfather. 
Uh, my parents don't live together. They've lived next door to each other for 25 years. Because um, when they got married, uh, my mom said that she had another man in the house while her sons were there. And then by the time we both graduated mm-hmm. high school and went to college, they were too old to want to do anything different than what they already were doing. <laughs> so they own a company together and they travel a lot. So they're always together, but they've always slept in separate well, that's- houses pretty cool I, w- I wouldn't care to have my own house <laughs> right yeah. you can definitely tell his mom's catholic no no, no i'm just kidding no. my dad's catholic I'm no. my mom is baptist oh. i was, well, I was raised go. catholic baptist oh, gosh. <laughs> and they, that migrated to episcopalian uh saturday night services sunday morning sunday school and wednesday nights boy scout at methodist church ah so she saw that's why she was shielding you then she wasn't raised she saw it right i think she She's um like, mm. she identifies as christian and episcopalian um i don't believe in organized religion mm-hmm. i think there's something out there bigger than all of us that's making things happen um for sure i think you have control of that in a lot of ways but i think some of us just destined um and that's when i met dustin i was like i'm done and i literally left i left him on our first date and i was like okay bye um mm-hmm. i went and had sex with a really cute guy that i've been talking about having sex with and i was like this is the last opportunity i have to do this and so i went and did that and the next day my best my other best friend carrie so both of my best friends are named carrie yeah um so original carrie um somehow made him come to lunch the next day and then he moved in two weeks later and we never that was 14 years ago just no yeah. that's awesome that is so he put nice. his he started having his paycheck direct deposit in my bank account two weeks after we officially started dating and i thought yes this is the one <laughs> <laughs> let me be in control <laughs> dustin awesome. what do you need from him what does he offer what does he give you that you can't do yourself stability I, I grew up from a very dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. and that's my rock. So when when I feel I come from a background, a family that deals with mental health issues a lot, mm-hmm. and so when I feel feel like that, um, he's the one that grounds me. Same question, John Camp. Everything else. Um, in 14 years, I've not done my own laundry. Um, I have. He makes my coffee in the morning. He gets up at 5 a.m. to get me and the kids ready for the day. Uh, he lays my clothes out for me. My lunch is packed. Um, he packs half my staff's lunch. He hand delivers lunch to someone else every morning to make their day better. Um, so everything. You're my Aunt Edna Earl. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, when we met, I used to dry clean everything, and underwear and socks got thrown away after I used them the, once, and I just went and bought new underwear and socks every week. Uh, when Dustin stayed at my condo the first time, he was like, you have a washer and dryer? I'm like, yeah, I've never plugged them in. Um, never okay, did hold on. How? Why? My mom because bought you... a washer and dryer for my condo. No, no, but why would them. you just throw things away? What was he going was on? He was privileged. Oh, okay. I was very spoiled. Okay. Um, not, not my mom. My mom's earned every penny she's an independent woman she's done very well built a business so hard worker but because we didn't have a dad around i think she gave in more um and i used to just go to the local car dealership and trade my car in and call and say will you handle this later um and when dustin and i started dating we bought our first car together and i called to tell her that we had bought a new car and she said how much do i need to write the check for and I said, oh, we got this one. And she literally dropped her phone. And she's like, keep him, keep him. <laughs> so, Dustin gives me grounding in a way that I'm not the most important person in the world. And he you is. definitely need that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he reminds me that all the good things that we have are because we give the good things out to others. I'm a firm believer in that. And yes. I really didn't start believing that until I met my husband and wanted to just be better. That's why I think you and I have such a connection mm-hmm. because we're su- we're such the same person. You know. Well, that's something my mom taught me when I mean we were poor and but we never lived like we were Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. because of that I I believe we we lived that way because we gave out so much to to other people I mean we lived in a three-bedroom house and there was not a given time where there wasn't at least two homeless youth living with us that my mom was taking care of Mm mm-hmm yeah, and, and, and she's done that to some of our adult friends also. <laughs> so, and so that, I mean, it has just been how I've always lived my life. As you you get back what you give, and I, I feel like you get back more than what you give. And so that's yes, why definitely. you should try harder to give more, um, just because it comes back twofold. Now, my mom will probably listen to this podcast, so I will say... Sorry, Mom. <clears throat> ...that she did not cause me to be the way I was. My grandparents and my mother both always took care of everyone else. Are you an only child? No, I have a brother. You wouldn't realize it sometimes, but yeah, I have a, I have a little brother. Um, I I acted like an only child. Um, I got everything I wanted. I knew where her express card was, and I never had to ask for it. Um but she realized faster than I did that, like, that's not right. You need to figure things out more. Mm-hmm. But I didn't cut the credit card up until I met Dustin. I was like, oh, I pay my own bills. Mm-hmm. So everything we've done in the last 14 years, we've worked very You've hard to do. built together. Yeah. But I used mm-hmm. to be very uh, pretentious, snobby. My my license plate said snob 18 mm-hmm. when Dustin and I met. That was the license plate of my car. And I wonder why people got angry with me before they met me. <laughs> <laughs> but when I met Dustin, I was like... He hugged me, and I was like, I'm in love. I texted my best friend and said, I, done, over. And I was like, now how do I be the person that he will want to be with? So not only are you husbands, but you're also fathers. How did you acquire your children? We wrote a check. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, um, I think that the two of you are some of the best parents also that I've ever met. Your children, unless they're just fooling me, (laughs) they are very, very well behaved, but not like they're not scared of people. Scared of adults, right? No, they are. They will sit. They would. You would want to do a podcast with them. They'll sit down and tell you about everything in the world. Yeah, Um, they're very. They came from humble beginnings, abusive beginnings. they know what they have. They're for, we've been fortunate enough to take care of them in a way that some families cannot. Um, and we're fully aware of that. They're fully aware of that. So we're not raising Johns. We're raising Dustins. Yes. Mm. Nice. Which, uh, being as paternal as I am, I never wanted kids. That was our stick stickler. I actually, when we decided we were going to get married, I said, I'll let that dream go. Because I wanted kids since I can never remember. I can't never not remember wanting to have a husband and kids. I, I, it was just, I, I knew the expectations I had of myself mm-hmm. and I didn't want to put that on kids. And it's because I, because of my upbringing, my mom, not, she put so much pressure on me, but it was driven in. You have to be the best you can because like I said, we were poor and we lived in the projects and she didn't <laughs> want people to know that we lived in the projects. We didn't act like we lived in the projects. And uh, she worked her butt off to provide. She did. And so I, 
grew this self, this thought of having to be the best I could. And that put a lot of pressure on myself and a lot of unrealistic expectations that I still carry with me today. And I never wanted to put that on my kids. There may be a higher being, though, that because I personally know your situation, there may have been a higher being that said that saw all of your attributes and said, you know what, they're they're going to go ahead and get kids. And and the situation created itself to where you got your children. Well, we I there was a point where I I looked at my life and how much I loved John and I knew that there was more love than to give than what I could stand. Um, and I'm, I, <laughs> I actually called the agency to get the information. Justin did everything. I had no idea he was doing this. He surprised me. And I just presented it to him. And, and so we, we started out as foster parents um, and going into adoption that way. Um, but there was just a point where I was like, no, this is what we have is so much and it's for a reason and it's to, to give out. And so, um, and we bought a six bedroom house <laughs> and we thought I'll have an office. You'll have an office. We'll have a guest room. We'll have a movie theater. We'll have a big gay James live in our house. Yeah. Big gay James lived with us for a very long time. Um, and then of course, Carrie, not siren, but the other Carrie, um, I told Dustin, I said, if I'm going to move to Norris, which is a little place on the lake outside of Knoxville, I was like, I'm bringing her with me. Um, and she doesn't have an option. And so he was gracious enough to let that happen. That's a lot. Um, but once we got the adults out, the kids came. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> he really is. Gosh. I get it, though. That's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, we... Dustin's the best parent in the entire world. He left a very high-powered corporate job where he ran a lot of stores, and he now stays home with the kids. And that's wild because you didn't want to have any originally at all, which is, that's insane. I think sometimes you end up being a better parent. That's what I'm saying anyway, because I never wanted children and my ex talked me into children and I was just like, so we had them and then he split. Like, it's like, (laughs) they are not completely done. What? You're not supposed to leave halfway through, dude. And so, but actually i'm yeah, super here. happy i have them same you know? here didn't want to have them didn't you know always was no i like, want to no, live I'm a selfish life well they're, but, yeah, they're excellent children we see other friends <laughs> children and we understand that we got a good bunch they can get on your nerves and be crazy sometimes but we have a 20 and 21 year old they're learning their boundaries and their ways and sometimes they make the wrong decisions um but I wouldn't want to do anything different. Right. Yeah. No, I'm sure you guys set boundaries, too. Well, we like, were 30. Were you consistent with what you expected? Yeah, they liked a routine. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we are routine people. We're both corporate managers. So schedules, PowerPoint, Excel. We've used Excel. We use PowerPoint. We've done all that stuff. We have flow charts for the kids. Um, yeah. Ugh, see, and they love it. totally could have been my husband. Yeah. But they oh. do. They, they structure they it like, like Brian is our 20-year-old. And when he came to live with us, he was 11, right? 11? Mm-hmm. And there was a three-ring binder of reasons not to have him. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been in foster care the longest of any child in Tennessee. And um, just lots and lots of behavioral issues. Smartest kid you'll ever meet mm-hmm. in your entire life. Um, so he started 
fall break of sixth grade, he came to stay with us for fall break. And by the end of that week, he just never left. And we never had a problem, ever. And he had straight A's. We had scholarship for college. Never met him. And we were actually on a <laughs> trip with the troop. Yeah. And the agency called and said, because there's, what well, I didn't know, there's a registry of kids waiting to be adopted. Like an online So you, you like flip well, through like this. You can just, like a like catalog. Or a yeah. Child. You can, literally. Um, and so the agency had called and said, hey, there's another family that's interested in Brian. And we said, we'll be there tomorrow. Never met him, but we knew he was our kid. When we talked about it, we were like, you know, when a mother has a natural birth, they don't, they've not met their child, but you know, you love that child and you're going to project that child. And I told Dustin two weeks, it's a six month process before you meet them. And I was like, I don't know why. I was like, that's our kid. And our, even our adoption specialist, like you never keep the first one. She's like, that's just not how it works. And they didn't tell them that we were gay. They want the child to make that decision for themselves Mm -hmm. and he walked in the door dustin was at work because it was so fast um he had to go back to the office and he walked in with this adoption specialist and he said where do i put my shoes and i was like oh (laughs) this is dustin's kid that's okay (laughs) and i took him upstairs to show him his room and i was like i'm sorry we haven't really had a chance to decorate it so we'll go to target later and you can pick out whatever you want i was like we have this old tv we'll just get you a flat screen while we're at target and i turn around he's laying on the bed and he's like, is this my bed? And I said, yeah, that's your bed. He's like, I've never had one of these. And I said, what do you, you never have what? And he's like, I never had a bed that was mine. And I had to go to my my bedroom and cry for 15 yeah. minutes. And I was like, we are doing this wrong. I was like, we need to fill that room with stuff. But a bed is enough for him. And we adopted him six months to the day of that day. And that was his only request. He had been in 15 houses. And the house before us, they were building a new house. And his adoption specialist said... We went to see the new house because every week mm-hmm. they would pick him up mm-hmm. and do like a fun thing for him. And, and he, he had been the most consistent adult since he was three years old. It was Mike was always Brian's handler. Mm-hmm. And they went to see this new house and meet the family there. And he's walking through as they're building this house and he's counting bedrooms. And he's like, there's not a bedroom for Brian. And so they walk out and the family goes, yeah, we're when this house is complete, we're going to give you back. <laughs> they're like, we, we just decided we didn't want to have you in this house. Oh my god, what? And he was like nine. How people. do you <laughs> you know? I, so when he moved when he moved in after that week, I said, What we would like you to stay here forever. And he said, I wanna I wanna be here forever. And I was like, What can we do to make you feel comfortable? He's like, Can you adopt me the uh, the smallest amount of legal time? And he Brian knew every DCS worker. Mm-hmm. He knows all the procedures at, at eleven. And he's like, You have to wait six months. And he's like, Will you adopt me six months to the day? And so we did. Um and I told him, backing up, when we left, we were going to meet Dustin. I said, we're going to meet Dustin and get dinner, and we'll go to Target and get some things for your room. And he's like, oh, is Dustin your son? And I was like, no, Dustin's my husband. He's like, well, two dads is better than zero dads. <laughs> and that was right? it. Yeah. And, that, and then the other three came within six months. So within six months, we went from zero to four. four. That's wild. It was. <laughs> it was. We went from sports cars to minivan. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I love my minivan, so I'm not mad at that. That was an added perk of children. Isn't that funny? Uh, you think you're going to give up so much, and then how no. much you actually get. Well, that's what got me when me we started here. buying the kids their first year of school. So we, we've made a good living. Um, 
but I didn't realize that you don't realize how expensive one kid is. You don't realize oh how gosh, expensive yeah. four kids are and three mm-hmm. of them were in their growing spurts. Mm-hmm. So we went and did our shopping. We budget, you know, even though you make a good look, you still budget. We don't, we buy things on clearance. We have really right. nice things, yes. but you turn them over, there's a clearance tag because we want to make sure there's <laughs> yeah. a future. And also yeah. having two kids in college and two more going, it's expensive. <laughs> and I think it clicked for me and I'm sure Dustin realized it too. I put back the stuff I was buying for myself mm-hmm. because I came back with a handful of stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't need this. Yeah. And I always bought $100 pair of jeans. I'd buy an $80 t-shirt because it was comfortable. And I was like, I'm sure Target clearance has plenty of t-shirts that I can buy. <laughs> so when I, And that's what my mom says. She's like, when you realize that what you want isn't important anymore. Mm-hmm. That's when you know. Thing. Yep. It's so funny. Yeah. I know where all the... She does too. Budgets everywhere. We yeah, yeah we're in all this budget right budget. now. <laughs> I know it. I love a good deal. Yes, you yes. have to. It, and it's something that my husband didn't do or wasn't like able to do money wise. But I'm a real, real stickler for a budget now. I used to be crazy credit cards, you know, doctor bills, sure. just debt, debt, debt. And my credit score is probably still really bad. I don't know. I really haven't used credit in about 20 years. I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> Budgets. We, Budgets. If, if we find something we like, mm-hmm. we wait for it to go on sale mm-hmm. or clearance. And if it's still there at that point, then that meant we're supposed to have it. Yeah, we're And that, I have that mentality, too. The one too. thing that Dustin will not compromise on, though, is that the kids want name brand shoes. Yeah. That was the big thing, because he didn't always get that as a kid. So they wear Nikes. They wear the best of the best shoes, no matter what is going on at the house (laughs) yeah it made a difference and good shoes makes a difference on all of your foundations so (laughs) they didn't ask for gay dads right Um, they're very happy i think that they would never want it any other way i I believe that and where we live is a bubble and people are very understanding i I was the president of the pta board for a very long time Mm -hmm. dustin and i are both very (laughs) involved in the school um Mm -hmm. we're the house that kids come and spend the night parents don't feel uncomfortable having right. them there um but there's always one yeah and so if we can mitigate by making sure they have all the other stuff then when that one kid says something about you having faggot parents it makes it a little bit easier to deal with yeah and also our boy our older boys are big boys they don't they don't fuck around so you don't want to you don't want to say that to them and they're each of them had an experience and they shut it down real fast yeah i mean that happens in all kinds of things though kids are just sucky so they're going to there's always going to be the low-hanging fruit and yes and usually it's somebody who their home life is really horrifying anyway it's always those kids or the ultra you know privileged that don't give a shit just the mean girl mean boy vibe (laughs) yeah who i used to be but we um I grew up in Gatlinburg. Mm -hmm. My mom was well-known. She's a pillar of the community. I did everything in school that you needed to do. I was popular. Mm -hmm. Um, I came out in 1998, freshman year of high school, and that's when Will and Grace started. So I was like, well, you know, there's something. But it's different now. It's it's much easier to come out now. Yes. Um, But my mom always told me I was perfect, and I was Mm -hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. And she's like, everyone likes you. That's uh, she had a pep talk every morning my entire life, telling me how wonderful I was. So when I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gay, I was like, you, everybody loves this, right? And they did. Yes. I didn't have yeah. the horror stories that a lot of our friends have, 
Um, so with the kids, you were the popular gay guy in school. Yeah, it just yeah, it was never a problem. I didn't lose any. All friends. the girls loved you. Yeah, all the guys yeah. loved me. I, I yeah. have, mm-hmm. most of my guy friends are straight guys. So I've never mm-hmm. had an issue on that end. But Dustin and I have never had an issue as a couple where people are negative. We're usually the ones that make the people they're like, I hate this. Be like, we do like this. We had someone come to our wedding in Washington D.C. A extended family member, and he's like, I did not agree with this. He's like, but after watching you guys today, he's like, how could I not? And so I think it extends mm-hmm. to our children. And so we don't have a lot of... that. We are in a bubble. We just try to keep them prepared that, like, you will go outside of this bubble one day. And it won't be because we're gay. It'll be something else. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't... Like, I think that they just try to find whatever. But if your kid is fat or super skinny or you're, you know, my father, my natural father was a burn victim. So, I mean, you know, very openly on his face, people knew. So they always had something to say about stuff like that. So it, it really, it doesn't matter, but yeah, that's the, Oh, they're different. Well, now it's not different and it hasn't been, you know, People have been around so many gay people that they had no idea or whatever. For sure. And it's just like, that's why I laugh with my country gay. Yeah. It's like, he's just a normal guy. Yeah. He just happens to like guys. When I have this conversation but he works work on today, cars and he's a redneck. And... I work in a very manly field and yes. I, I'm in charge of everyone. Um, and I work with a lot of straight people, but I work with a lot of gay guys. I hired yes. a lot of gay men um, because they're hard workers and it's yes. really changed the culture at our work in the last two years to realize that, oh, yeah, this is weird that we're here because we all felt weird like going there. I I applied there as a joke. I took a year off <laughs> and stayed home with the kids, and we quickly realized that Dustin should be the one. <laughs> um, I need to be in control of more people than four, so that that was important for me. But we had this conversation today about about that fact. I'm like, I don't walk in and say hi, I'm gay. I walk mm-hmm. in and say hi, I'm John. Yes. Um, yes. I don't yeah. hide that I have a husband or kids. Um, they're right. all over my office. I talk about them in meetings. Um, I talk about it to our clients. And if you don't like it, then I, we don't need your money. It's totally cool. Or I'll charge mm-hmm. you an exorbitant amount of money over what it would have been. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're dumb enough not to like me. You're dumb enough you're going to pay. And they pay it every time. And they mm-hmm. love, yeah, they would rather. Yeah. I, I know. I love stupid. my 8% commission off of that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's pay to spoil your secret. That's paying for my kids. Yes. It's wild. Use it, utilize it. But yeah, it's getting less and less. And, people that have problems with it normally have problems with their own sexuality yeah our son had a problem and when he was in high school someone said something about um something about your dad fucking your other dad and he's like what you should really be worried about is when they fuck your dad yeah and he just kept going (laughs) and i was he was like i don't give a shit what you have to say right yes it's so stupid and i I was never more proud than that i'm like oh our quote-unquote issues aren't your issues and my mom taught me that early on she's like i've had some issues like with your dad and things like that and we lost everything. I mean, he took he took our house, yeah. he took our cars, everything. And she started over. We moved into a hotel for six months. She's like, but those are my issues. Those are never your issues. Right. And I think it's important mm-hmm. for parents to remind their kids, like, you need to be aware we've been through things, but you need to not carry our issues with you. Yes. You're going to have your own to deal with. <laughs> you have to parent your parents. Correct. And so many kids today do have to parent their parents. When I try to parent sucks. my mom, she had a house in, has a house in Florida and a house in Gatlinburg. So when the pandemic started, I said, you're coming here. Um, and she also didn't want, want to spend time away from the kids. Mm-hmm. And Dustin has to get on me a lot because I parent her now that she's under the house that I pay for. 
Yeah, just, well, she'll be quick be like, I paid for all, you wouldn't have this house if I didn't pay for all the first 28 years. <laughs> this is, but I mean, that's the nat- natural progression that happens. But we have a lot of teenagers try to run the show now. <laughs> and it's a little different than when you're an adult and your mom is getting up in years and has a lot to manage or whatever. Uh, I can't wait for that day. I'm sure they have a trunk <laughs> full of like just hideous outfits and things to put on sure. me. And you know, I do try to tr- control her her clothes as well. <laughs> Make me watch shit I don't want to watch. She's still very strong. Well, we, we, running a business, so she won't <laughs> let me do it. We've already told our kids which home to put us in. Yeah, I, that's I what I'm hoping don't for. Don't try to take care of me. Just put me here. That's this what, is the one I want. Yes. This is where you're going to put me. Thank you. That's where yeah. I am. <laughs> I used to always want to move to Florida because of the movie Cocoon. That was, <laughs> that was my dream. But then we went and did a home tour, and that um, building was on the home tour. And I said, nope, this is where yeah, I want it's to so be. pretty right put there. Put me here. Well, we just bought 26 acres to build a resort, so hopefully we'll have our own retirement home yeah i'd like, like to not leave again if you have if you have enough dollars you can definitely hire someone to take care of you guys we try to be really home. smart in our 20s and 30s and work extremely hard mm-hmm. and make as much money as we possibly could yes. and do something with it and with the housing market the way it was norris is a desirable mm-hmm. area we yeah, love our home but we knew that this would give us an opportunity to have I like to think of it like as generational wealth. I yes. want the kids to have something to have when we're gone. Mm-hmm. So they have 26 acres. They can build their houses there if they want. Yeah. Hopefully the way Dustin runs things, that resort will do very well. And that's something we can pass on to them. They can pass on to their kids or they can sell it and do whatever they want. But it's something we've done for them. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. And that's why it's working because we're not doing it for ourselves anymore. Welcome yeah. back to the they Gail and John we show. Away. They don't know. They <laughs> I'm your away. host. Friday Von Beaver has you. Right? I want Friday to fuck you on Sunday, I but do, no, it's me and you. I do have all the equipment. <laughs> she just edits. I'm an American card. <laughs> I'm along for the ride. She is, she's, I hope Jacob edits well. Edit for us. I could be. I could be the worst evil witch because I don't listen and she edits. So who knows? <laughs> you know, the only things I edit out of yours is when you go, uh, okay. And there's a, and when you use, here's the you. thing, or, 45 times. No, it's however. Hmm. So, Gail, I get you guys caught on portal Tuesdays. Is that normal? Yes. Do we what? Bitch every Tuesday you, yeah, to each other? Like yeah, every normal. Tuesday is What if you and I started? Day. Doing Good. it on Monday, uh, yeah. and we don't tell her and let her naturally find it in the podcast world. Just come out. Yeah, seriously. Gail and I don't. never speak except yeah. on Monday nights. Yeah, we don't we have don't. anything to do. We defriend each other on social media, so you have no idea. Yeah. And then when we take over the podcast. Are we even friends on social media? I don't know. I don't even I'm know not, if we um, are. I don't. I, I felt like social I'm media in. was no Can longer important it? about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I keep it for business. Yes. Um, so I don't actively friend anyone they have to friend yeah. me and i have to know you my 350 friends on facebook i know all of them yeah um, i have no interest in knowing people yeah like we're probably know. not friends yeah no, if you didn't you. friend me we are not fuck you, john. I will, well that's what most people's <laughs> yeah. first impressions are <laughs> it's always a john but like the first couple times you and i interacted i was paying you so you were very yes. friendly <laughs> i'm always friendly yes Mr. john gonna... camp signs the checks <laughs> there you go. i didn't even know who was originally signing that's my the check. only job somebody just gave me sweaty boob money that's how i get paid on the regular my i don't know who's... Be a lot bigger i so. don't know who's paying <laughs> 
band for what? But that's how I end up getting paid. And at our the dynamic end of, the night. of the super classy. Burlesque troupe, Dustin and um, Siren, are the creatives. Yes. And I just try to make sure the the train is on track because I don't perform. That seems. I think that's, that's good awesome. in any kind of business. I'm like the dead know. mother. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin took me to a rehearsal when we first started dating at Siren's house. And I had met her once already, and she was pool sharking at Patrick Sullivan's. And I felt, no, what was it? Um, what's the place Urban. Ur- Urban. Urban. Okay. Yes. And she had flamey red hair, and she had shaved her eyebrows and drawn them on like an uh, anime character. Yes. Wait, who again? Siren. Okay. And she was wearing hip hugging jeans and a, and a red leather jacket. And I thought, this bitch is bad. And I was like, I have to date Dustin so I can be hers. <laughs> and um, so we went to rehearsal and I was like, I have a master's degree in uh, business. Let me do all the business. You be just pretty. And she was like, I'm tired of doing all the business all the time. Now, she still does all the business. She, she doesn't give that yeah. much control away. But. I mean, you're the Pet Shop Boys opportunities. Yes. Well, was, I don't understand that. But um, <laughs> I, I, uh, Wait, wait. I've got... <laughs> Until last year, I thought the Pet Shop Boys were a Christian rock band. <laughs> Because there's this one band. Are you kidding? No, there's this one band. What's it called? Um, oh my god! Need to breathe. Yeah, I love them. They're a Christian rock yes. band. <laughs> but all the songs about Jesus, I think of Dustin. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is a great love song, but it's about Jesus. Well, you but know, I still love them. He, like, That's a South yes. Park joke. You're his bride. Well. You know. Yeah. So I'm the Virgin Mary. Go. Yeah. My mom's name is Mary. You're an angel. I, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Falling straight from the heavens. <laughs> Like a rock <laughs> or a meteor. I want to do a a number to that particular song, Opportunities, because yeah. it's I've got the brains, you've got the looks. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, let's I love 80s make... music, but I don't know who they are. Yeah, it's the Pet Shop Boys. Okay. Yeah, I do love okay. that. Song. They do other you would like the Thompson too. Twins and Howard Jones too. I think. Oh, it, someone yeah. text me that. <laughs> but I, I love opportunities. <laughs> Typically, what I do is I walk into a room and say, yeah, we can do all of this. Give us this much money. And then I walk out and I call Dustin Carey and say, hey, we need to do all this. Do either one of you know how to do it? And we have this much money to do it on. Mm-hmm. And that's usually where our best ventures come from. Mm-hmm. Carey's the, the creative director. And then I'm just, I'm the manager of it. Yeah, Dustin says, John and Carey, please stop. Okay, I'll go do all of this. Because then Carey and I go back to... Our corporate jobs and we're like it'll get done and dustin's the one putting it all together mm-hmm. she gives a vision he finds the money for it and then i execute it that's the so, way to go yeah. we work well so, together and people usually know that if one of us is going to be involved the other two mm-hmm. are also there and then we have a support staff of 30 or 40 people we work with for a decade so you know yeah. if we're coming we're all coming with you yeah that's amazing i know yeah, I love it. Siren and I have talked several times, even about the comedy. I told her some uh, a book to get and a workbook for her to do, just to have an outline of what you should do for joke structure and there's nothing she things can't like that. Do. Oh my gosh, I know she literally is an amazing person. And if you are even a little bit insecure, I could see how people have a hard time with her because it's hard to be around somebody i, don't I think know she always understands that i know everyone from my own experience and kind of puts her on a pedestal <laughs> when you're so good at everything that you do but on her end sometimes she feels isolated like yeah, right. i don't know if people is. love me or like me and i'm like they love you more than anyone in this room 
they're just nervous because she doesn't realize how talented she is. Yes. And none of us would be doing anything so, in Knoxville today if it wasn't mm-hmm. for her vision and passion. To poor muggles, it seems like it's very overpowering. But it's really, when you see her path, it's like, oh, well, I was into this, and then I was into this, yeah. and it's the same thing. I'm good at a lot of things because I've lived several decades. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you learn something new all the time and then i stay completely away from like you don't see yeah i'm running that 5k you know you don't see those posts on my timeline right. when but, i when i started burlesque important oh, <laughs> you're doing correct. it you're doing it for you correct i always yeah. have been but yeah i'm just not i like to put pictures of my kids up because they're all very pretty <laughs> yeah and i'm like see? some kids aren't pretty so this look at true. my pretty kids right i will always show off my children no my kids are much prettier than yours Sorry. i mean your kids are pretty and we'll my grandkids are really pretty. Charlie is the prettiest little girl in the entire world. And I did offer normal people to be like, congratulations on your granddaughter. Here's did a you? present. I said, would you like me to adopt her? <laughs> if, if they have second thoughts, I'll be happy to take her. How much money? Like, uh, I, are you willing to write a check It doesn't for even matter. It doesn't I'm just even kidding. Uh, we were in the middle of the burlesque festival and I had Charlie on my hip walking around <laughs> managing stuff because yeah. I love that little girl. She is adorable. She sent me a picture the other day and I was her. really excited about it. It's on my refrigerator with our kids artwork. Oh, thank you. She's as cute as can be. She is, for sure. I don't know what you helping raising, <laughs> but she is. She loves her Gigi. She does until her grand. Let me tell you, I do all. Home. I do all the fun Grandpa stuff. Grandpa OG comes home. You know, what I'm saying we we're the ones mm-hmm. that go to the splash pad. You yeah. know, right now we're the yeah. ones that watch Peppa Pig together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that reads books. You know, that's what my mom does. My mom is granny, and every yeah. time she takes, they go on vacations. My mom loves vacations, so she takes the kids on vacations mm-hmm. all the time. She doesn't invite me and Dustin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it, her time. It's with a nice kids. break though, because like for the first couple mm-hmm. years, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to leave, um, and they were finally like, "Please go, please mm-hmm. get out of our way." Um, and so she'll text me when they leave on these trips. She's like, "Spending a little bit more of your inheritance. Have a good day." And I'm like, "That's fine," because that makes her happier. Yes. Than anything in the world, and having your grandmother be there, and then Dustin's mm-hmm. mom lives just down the road, so she's always close by anyway. Also, but they ne- neither one of them ever like, I don't want these kids today. Now they'll drive them mm-hmm. insane, and they're ready to bring them home, mm-hmm. but they're never. They're, it's always yes, mm-hmm. and that's how we. I grew up, and your grandmother lived with you. I yep. just remember how Mine special too. my that's granny. That's why we're good people. My granny was, so I want to be that for her, and we and I can afford I'm to, to do get that. A lot yeah. Meaner as yeah. life has gone <laughs> on, it's hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm poor now because I've been nice to people like overly so. And we, ran, so we went through that a long time too. It's very yeah, and I'm bad Your about saying no. Closest friends will take more money from you than strangers. Oh my gosh, it's horrifying. I can't even tell you, but it's okay. I'm I'm cool with nothing. You know, the cool thing is, is I had things, and now Some I don't. Some people ask us how we and... afford four kids. Um, one of my employees at work just had triplets. I'm like, well, that's a whole other ball game because that's yes. awful. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's like, a lot at once. Yeah, I said, yeah. you know, we you got we got our four it. in six months. But mm-hmm. I said, you yeah, figure I mean, there's, yeah. If you sat down and tried to budget, you would never in your brain. Oh you no, would sweetie, never be able. I can to tell you them. in November the third Friday <laughs> what bills are coming out. I budget for the year. That's oh my god. Um, but there's, I budget below what we make. You so there's always Bill. a buffer. See, this is my daddy is like my mom opened my bank account when I was fifteen with a thousand dollars. It's still in there. She said, "Pretend like this doesn't exist." Nice. And so, so there's you always did. a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. The people who 
try to plan kids. Yes. I'm like, that way. you yes. can never plan enough That's, to have kids. Yes. I mean, we were 30 stable and window. chose them That's and still what what we still yeah. weren't ready. <laughs> yeah, we spent, we yeah. spent six months planning and we mm. still weren't ready. Like, we were 30, we, we owned a home, we owned mm. a business. Oh, you we had all that ready. down. But it's not the elephants you have to look out for. The mosquitoes will eat you yep. alive. It's the nitpicky little things that you never even. The night think that I about. gave up on having a perfect plan, <clears throat> our house is three floors. Our master bedroom's on the third floor, and we have a guest room. That that was our eleven year old's room for a while. It's now our daughter's room because she likes our bathroom. It's bigger, so she shares. <laughs> it's her bathroom now. Um, <laughs> but our Brian was in that room when it was just him and. When you have a new kid and you know they've never had anything, you take them to do everything and you let them mm-hmm. eat everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a stomach ache and it was like one o'clock in the morning and Dustin doesn't do puke. Mm-hmm. So I went out in the hall to try to get him to the bathroom to help him and he threw up in my mouth uh, as he was trying to love. say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then it dripped down the staircase to the bottom floor. And Dustin can hear all this going on. He's like, no, I'm not, can't, can't. <laughs> and I thought that night as I was cleaning up the second floor of puke after getting it out of my own mouth and making sure he went to bed and was okay, I was like, there's no plan. You just got to improvise. You got to keep going. That's how they, that's how you know that you're loved is that if they help you. Yes. To the bathroom as you puke and clean it up. Yeah. If you happen to do so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And there was a moment I went on the front porch and had a cigarette at two o'clock in the morning and I thought, I can get in my car and go. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I could just go. <laughs> I'll send money home. <laughs> it's fine. But I, it just was, it was okay. And I, I never thought that would be okay. I text my mom the next morning. She's like, welcome to being a parent. Mm-hmm. Yes. You christened with something. Hoop she said, you'll never remember all the horrible things your children do to you up. by accident. <laughs> Yes, and when they're babies, doesn't matter. They'll see. They usually you get that training from when they're babies, and you deal with the you know. And we had a three-year-old. Our eleven-year-old was three, but it still wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really happy we didn't have all of them when they were babies. Yes, I love babies, um, but I don't. I want them to go home at the end of the night. Agreed. Three, she was <laughs> she was just the point where she could almost use the restroom alone. And also, it was weird being the only girl in the house. Our dogs were male. Our cats mm-hmm. were male. Um, trying to figure out a three-year-old and what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, that's your daughter. She's like, if you see her naked and you have to bathe her, that's being a parent. And I was yeah. like, okay. I need someone that was not me yes. to tell me that that's cool. Because yes. I've never... Yes. I don't other know than burlesque, I've never seen a woman. Are, well, I've never seen yeah. a woman naked. I've never had yeah. sex with a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only time I've seen naked women is when we were doing burlesque. And that's a very it's... different... Um, when they're trying to put on clothes or you're helping them zip in, you see a lot of odd angles that mm-hmm. maybe if you weren't gay, you'd still be like, yeah, I can be gay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird way to see a vagina for the first time. <laughs> right. Siren Santina. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't have a good segue for this, but I want to hear Dustin's story. I had told you about this earlier and oh, I know yeah. that I know that you're not ready. You're not ready for it. Not ready. You're not ready. because it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Like, yeah, wow. Pressure. Right? You, you see, every you know, like, Tuesday, <laughs> this much pressure. You <laughs> so just try to pressure. elevate it. You know, just trying to, ele- yeah. I guarantee you this is going to bring in more listeners. 
because I think it's a fantastic story. Not not fantastic in the way that it happened or in the trauma that was from it, but just a fantastical, you know. So basically, whatever for Braddy's fodder, whatever <laughs> whatever life experience that you're about to tell me about, it's amazing for this one, for our ratings. It's yeah, a we'll ratings need, getter. We'll ask for the check later, but we need okay. <laughs> When you see it, the person that Dustin is today and everything he does for everyone else and who yes. he is to everyone else. Then the story is more incredible. Yeah. Yes. I'm very suspenseful. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I had, could do a drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> that big of a story. But so the reason why it's come about here lately is because of um, someone that's involved in the story has become known in several parts of my life that I never knew it would be affected that way. But so when I was little, when I was a baby, um, I was, was kidnapped out of our home and taken. And so, um, you go, my mom and my dad were separated at the time or divorced at the time. So I'm trying to figure out, who took me? Where they took me? You know how to find me. So nobody. Okay, wait. Was this was this... in the early eighties? Like so. Right? Yeah, I was. I was six months old. So you're so six months old, and as far as anyone knows, some stranger has come into your house. They might have been watching your mom or whatever in Tennessee. Well, we. It, Were you from here? Yes, I was born and raised. So this happened here. Yes. Well, it happened in Clinton, Claxton. Yeah. Um, I mean, it turns out we know the person that that did it, but... um, They didn't at the time. It's just you... Yeah, they didn't know at the time who had... Was this in the middle of the night or were your parents home and... It was um, during the day. So um, I, I don't know all those details of it. That hasn't been shared listen um, that could have happened easily to me where didn't want to completely right well and where i lived uh you know when my kids were growing up because we were kind of in the country and even though i didn't think about it because i had the kind of driveway you could turn around in mm-hmm. so people would do that a lot but we just didn't i didn't this is the early 90s i didn't lock my doors you know i mean somebody we easily we live in norris and... somebody easily could have came in and just grabbed my kid while i was out on the back porch with another one i mean you know it's it's wild so i mean my understanding i was asleep and they just gotcha yeah you could have even been yeah. outside in bassinet we don't know mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so you're missing from the house. house. I bet your mom was. Uh, she was um, was very distraught, and so my grandmother's best friend said, "Okay, I this is who you need to contact." Um, and this person had also worked with the police department on missing kids, um, and his name was Bobby Drennan, and he's a a psychic medium. And so we my mom gets a hold of him and he says okay this is what i need you to do i need you to go buy a map of the u.s um and i need you to write his name on the inside cover of that map and bring it to me so they did he put it in his nightstand um dreamt about it in the next day um brought them the map and said he's in arizona you need to find a building with a man's name on it and you need to get there as fast as you can um my mom doesn't fly Um, and they, the sheriff's department was afraid to make her fly because of 
her state of panic. So my mom and the sheriff and the sheriff's deputy drove across the U.S. as fast as they could. Uh, there were moments where they, when they would have to stop, that they would say, we're transporting this person in custody. We have to, you know. And um, which I think is funny because here's my mom in the back of this police car, you know, being yeah. So used they as... were just flying. Wait, wait, is this the Anderson County Sheriff? Clinton. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So they just the took 80s. you. Yeah. yeah. His. Um, I love that they did it on a psychic's word, though. Well, the, my my grandmother's friend had known Bobby for a long time and mm-hmm. had had dealing with him but he'd also had worked with Knoxville and everything well that's what I'm saying kids. so these yeah. cops have already this guy's pretty reputable mm-hmm. for so One for him to say 80s, this 90s and 2000s he became he was on the news a lot here oh yeah he, found, yeah. he helped find a lot of kids that's wild so what they gift. they drive to Arizona um, and they find a mechanic shop with a man's name I think it was Al's um, and there was an apartment above the, the shop. And that's where I was. And when they found me, I was stuck between the mattress and the wall, suffocating. Oh, my God. Um, locked no in, a, in the room with them. Locked in a room with dogs that had fleas. And so not only was I suffocating, but I had infections from where the fleas hadn't had bitten me. So what was the deal? They they just took you? Mm-hmm. Was it somebody mentally ill? Or did they just want you? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, that I I wouldn't it it was someone yeah. who was known and there was disagreements and and so they thought leverage could could be had. So Oh wow. That's horrifying. So, yeah. So You don't remember any of this? I don't. I I remember um my mom would tell me when I was younger and I can remember this a little bit, but anytime I saw a plane, I would freak out because that's how I was taken to Arizona was was by a plane. So um, so I would freak out, but also at the same time have this weird obsession with planes, like needing to know more about them, but knowing that they freaked me the hell out. Um, so it took me forever. First time I ever flew on a plane was was a bad, <laughs> bad time for me. So, um, oh, wow. And so, yeah, so, but now... Um, I see, I have a spiritual advisor, Justin, um, and it comes out that he was mentored and trained by Bobby. Oh, wow. And then our friend Aaron, who is a massage therapist, um, was also mentored and trained by Bobby, too. That's wild. So, so yeah. I didn't so, realize that until like a year ago. Yeah. Is Bobby still around? He, no, he passed away two years ago of cancer did he live in nashville no um he lived in i want to say like johnson city i'm not exactly sure oh but gosh, towards, i have a friend towards... who had a friend was sight you know and um he also passed like just a few years ago of cancer which is wild mm-hmm. and so he, he owned a farm it was called rainbow acres and he believed when you were there it was love, and it mm-hmm. didn't matter how that love was presented. So yes, nice. I've had a session with Justin. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Well, my yeah. first session with Justin, he said, "Bobby's here," and I don't have anyone in my life, Bobby, mm-hmm. and there's no reason why he would know that that would mean anything. Mm-hmm. And he said, I "Just wants you to know that he's still watching out for Dustin." 
Wow. And I knew what that meant, but there's no reason for Justin yeah. to know what that meant. Yeah, yeah no clue. And That's then I walked amazing. downstairs. His, his studio's in his house. I walked downstairs to leave. And at the front door, there's a picture of Bobby sitting on his entry hall table. And I was like, well, this is weird. Because I didn't believe in any of that stuff before he said that name. I was like, okay, done. Take all the money. Mm-hmm. I believe you. <laughs> well, I had always wanted to meet Bobby, but I couldn't meet him until I was 15. Because he, he told my mom that he would not meet me until he knew I was ready. Mm-hmm. Um, he said there will be a certain point in his life where it it will be appropriate and he will need to meet me. Um, and so um, my grandmother and him, uh, or my granny, um, became very close and had a, a very special relationship. And so the only way to get a hold of Bobby was to write a letter um, and there was a certain symbol that she had to write on the back right corner of the envelope for him to know that it was her, her. yeah and so she had written him um, their normal correspondence and um, his re- the, the one letter she wrote to him he wrote back and the only thing he wrote was it's time you need a bringing and so we made an appointment and so we went up to the, the farm and I remember going into his office um, and I had to go to the bathroom. And so his office was here. I'm doing this like people can see this. Um, but there was a doorway and then a hallway and then the bathroom. And it, in the hallway, there was a, a staircase. And in this hallway, floor to ceiling, both sides, were pictures and articles of him and the things that he had accomplished. Oh, wow. So I went to the bathroom and I came out and I was looking at this stuff. And I just felt this sense of total peace hit me and i turned around it was like a scene out of a movie here he's coming down the staircase and all i could see was the this light just from behind him um i mean it was just the brightest white light i'd ever seen in my life and just him and he had this long white hair and it it was like he had a wind machine on him (laughs) it was just blowing but all i can remember seeing is this white light coming off of him um, and then when he, as soon as he hit the the floor off the stairs, I just collapsed, just in tears and weeping because of what was going on there. It was our souls finally had connected the way mm-hmm. it was supposed to, like he said, and um, and so I got to go in and spend time with him. I was in there for forty five or for an hour. Um, I couldn't tell you what we talked about. To this day, I can't tell you. There's a recording of it. I don't have that recording because he recorded all of his sessions. Um, but um, I, I could not tell you what we talked about that day. Hmm. Um, but I knew it was something I needed. And it was something that jump started something in my life that I never understood until I've gotten to this point in my life. And I think that's why Justin Barry and I have the connection we have and the bond we have is because this is part of <laughs> what it was supposed to be. You know, I made that connection with him and it has, has come into fruition with, with Justin because Justin is teaching me things now that I never knew about myself. But relates to things that... Do you feel like you're a light bearer as well? I do. Well, and, and Bobby, anytime I have a session with, with Justin, Bobby's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he communicates with me through Justin. Because um, there's, there's times where 
Justin is having a conversation with Bobby and is refusing to tell me what Bobby says. And Bobby won't give up until Justin tells me. Um, and but that's one of the things that they have discussed was was me being a, a, a light bearer. That's awesome. How, this, this how long were you a, missing? Um, I five weeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I couldn't imagine as a mother. Mm. I'm losing my voice for some reason. I couldn't imagine as a mother something like that happening. And I mean, was your life ever forever affected by that? Like, did she become? kind of like a helicopter parent and you couldn't be out of her sight she didn't um because even as a as a baby i was very independent Mm -hmm. um and um i don't know if as a as a baby i processed what happened to me Uh, i mean yes she was a little overprotective or whatnot but um but there was still a very strong sense of independence um, as a, as a baby that somewhere in my psyche had built up, you know, this. And, and so, yes, I mean, as a parent, if that happened, I, yes, I would be very guarded, (laughs) but also she was a single mom at the time. And, and so, you know, she had to make the decision. She had to work. So there, there, we had to be set. But in those times I was with my granny, um, while my mom worked two jobs sometimes yeah. three jobs and um to be able to provide for me so and the circumstance the rut it's like lightning strike you know i mean the chances it can happen it has happened it's documented that lightning strikes twice but uh you know my mom's been struck by lightning three times has she really and for real mm-hmm. geez then yeah i'm surprised <laughs> I'm surprised she did not just tie you I'm straight to right her. Yeah. Like, honestly, because the odds of even lightning striking a person, I know that it's happened more than once. And now she's three times. times yeah. Holy cow. And then when I was five, um, we I was riding a bicycle in our neighborhood. There were never semi-trucks that came through there. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day there was one that came and I was riding my bike and the chain broke off of my bike and I lost control and the semi truck ran over me. But you didn't get hit hurt Mm-mm. from the tires. I, you just laid down and yeah. you well, was coming too fast and you just laid down or I the one of the tires nicked me but not I mean I walked away with a sprained foot but it just right over over the top of me. Tire ran ran over my foot and I only got a a, a sprained ankle out of it. That's wild. But also, I, I feel like growing up, all the things that have happened to me, I feel like that there was something there protecting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why. Yeah, I've had a lot of weird misadventures myself. Dustin protects everyone else. Mm-hmm. So there's always mm-hmm. something keeping him because he, if he wasn't here, there's a lot of us that wouldn't be protected. Mm-hmm. But he's, there's been a lot of things in the last 15 years that have been like, mm, that's weird. That's wild. And we're starting to understand it better now by opening our minds up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Dustin is the protector of everyone. That's awesome. That's interesting. So that, yeah. So that's my my story. I'd see. What I tell interesting you. origin story. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. It needs to be like a lifetime movie somewhere. <laughs> 
I know. People are waiting for me to finish the script for myself. You want me to throw that in there? Yes, yes. Like the Lindbergh baby. Be easier. Over here. Yeah, no. The camp story. <laughs> it is. It's, it is wild. I am amazed, actually. I'm actually even more amazed about your mom being struck by lightning three times than you <laughs> being kidnapped by some crazy-ass person that took you to Arizona. I think that's insane on its own, but... Wow. His mom's the quietest lady, very meek, and will never bother anybody to cook you dinner all the time. But she's yeah. had an interesting life too. She just doesn't, she doesn't feel like it's necessary to talk about. Yeah, it's wild. I think that's a generational thing, you know. Yeah. And unravel a little yeah. as we go along too. Yeah, people are always surprised. I'm like, no, I cannot vomit my whole life onto you. <laughs> you got, you got to <laughs> seep it in a little at a time. There's a lot there. I've lived a yeah. while. It's a lot. I didn't make good decisions all the time. And a lot of times, some of these adventures are my own doing, which is, you know, that's bad enough. Some things that have happened, I've caused. And then some things, no, <laughs> not at all. But, you know, it's, so, but I'm lucky. I'm touched by something. Somebody wants me around for something. They're all, we all to like be your you. whipping boy. We're all here for a purpose. It's true. We are. We're all here to lift each other up as well because we're all in the arts. We need to. It makes people crazy, though. But there's enough room, literally, for everyone. Yeah. There really is. There is. You can do whatever you want to do. And I remember when I first started, you know, like, it would seem like the the troops here in Knoxville were competing. And I had never really experienced that before. And, you know, you'd get trash talk from one one troop to another. You know, and being to be a- clear, there's just one troop saying there was competition <laughs> and trash talking. Another troop was like, "No, we're above this. We're just gonna keep doing what we do." <laughs> yeah, but well, then, and I'm not even sure though, which was it the old guard that did burlesque here. We are I mean, the we old can guard. <laughs> well, because yeah. I remember when um, White Lightning was the thing. Well, White yeah. Lightning is the origin story of the Salome. Siren yeah. is a founding member, and we have a great relationship with Laura. With she Laura. she gave her swan song mm-hmm. at the festival in 2019 yeah i remember it was beautiful and then mm-hmm. bet noir was um a founding member of, of our troop and she yeah. just she went a different path uh, in public career so she just couldn't do it anymore but she's always been very supportive there was That's a cool. member of salome cabaret that did an offshoot we always have people that tried new things and dustin siren and i have always been like we will support you administratively financially whatever we need to do to help yes and there was one just particular person that we helped a lot um and And something changed never made it go or they were always that's where we got bratty from um and there were a lot of miscommunications on one person's part about us and at the time we decided that we weren't interested in feeding into the negativity Mm -hmm. Uh, we felt like our reputation was good enough yes um, and we just let it be but we've we inherited some children from that tribe that no longer yes. exists because they realized that we're like oh you guys aren't horrible assholes right <laughs> yeah, well, what i really enjoyed was the now. organization of yeah. it yeah being ocd i didn't want i had you know i'd end up being a co-producer for some of these shows which i like to do but i don't want to do it all the time I just or want all to be the work 
Yeah. Yeah, I just want to be a performer. Well, with our festival, that's one of the biggest remarks we get is the organization. People know weeks in advance what their weekend is going to look like down to the minute. They pick the classes and they get an agenda. Right. And it gives them timing and it gives them phone calls and it gives them all the information you need. The only way you can fail when you come to the Smoking Mount Burlesque Festival is if you just decide not to look at any paperwork because you receive right. more paperwork. Or look at your phone because you, yeah, ha- you we didn't built have an, an app. app. So yeah. it's very easy. We have a car service for everyone. We have an emergency line oh called gosh. the Titty Talk I need Hotline. To talk to you guys, which we've I'd had love former guests. A- Rhoda Derriere. Yeah, yeah she created, created our, app. our app. Yeah, see, it's amazing. Yeah. I would love to do a comedy festival here. I would love yeah, that'd it. that'd be fun. I would love it for the females in the scene because right now we le- legitimately are poised to have a completely female-run Knoxville scene. But we've got... That sounds great because some of the men comedian in this area are awful. We've got <laughs> females, though, like fighting with each other about it because you got you know the old guard or the new guard i think it's like it's any community and that's what we try to overcome with Mm -hmm. the you know and for a long time everyone thought that the separation of white lightning and salome came from a negative space it wasn't yeah there was just two different aesthetics and one group wanted to be neo burlesque and one group wanted to be rockabilly and they were like this is better if we just do it separately divide and conquer right and what people didn't see is even at those white lightning shows when salome was being formed white lightning was presenting salome yes i mean and so that's how yeah Yeah. so that so there was never any negative going there you know and then laura made career changes and so white lightning well, she moved away. away. Yeah. 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 And so that's where... And you that's know, her intellectual property. <laughs> yes. And, and so... And then, you know, so therefore, Salome was the, was the only th- burlesque in this area for a long right. time. But then there was smaller troops that came Ooh, about yeah. and that we tried to do the same thing, you know, support them, give them a springboard. I think it throws people it, off when you're successful... And you want other people to be successful. Yes. It's um, like they don't mm-hmm. want you to do that. Especially in a creative setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we come from a management background. So in my mind, it was like, well, this is like a corporation and you're a You subsidiary. want everybody to be successful. Yeah. If your shows do well, then I would think our shows will do better because it's getting more normalized. Right. And when we separate now, when they separate from White Lightning, Dustin was managing with Siren. That's before we had met. Um, so I came into Salome. But it, the transition went so smoothly that the troop that Braddy was in, it was a similar situation. This person wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, let's support this yes. uh, because it worked out well the first time. And for a long time, we thought it was working out well. And in the end, you know, seven or eight years later, it did work out well. There, It, it uh, was an original idea to, to Knoxville. So yeah. I give that person credit. Sure. Great There's a ideas. lot of credit for just the execution was poorly done mm-hmm. and then blaming starts. And I don't like to blame other people. I, right. If my name is going to be producer or co-producer, then no matter what happens, if Braddy does something amazing or Braddy fucks everything up, it's my fault. Right. Because I'm the one in charge. It's not yes. Braddy's fault. Correct. Um, and so we didn't know for a long time that things weren't going great. It wasn't really until Braddy did start coming around that we were like, oh, so this isn't what we thought it was. But we received a lot of good people from that experience. Yeah. So I'm not upset with it. There were people that were upset. Um, Sirens and Tina will go to the end of the earth just like Dustin to make sure, even if you're a person they cannot stand, they're going to make sure you're the most comfortable in our house. Yes. Um, because that's just who they are. Yes. John Camp, <laughs> cut your throat open sometimes. Right. But I've learned not to do that. Yeah. The 
the sad thing. Some people need it, though. With the yeah, scene, there's a place for me sometimes. Is that they don't, like, you guys know your roles and what you're good at yeah. with how you set up uh, Salome as well. And like you said, with administrative. And that's the thing that I think, first of all, stage time is extremely important if you're a comic. Sure. A lot of comics, open micers, whatever, are under the false impression that stage time is um a right to them and it's absolutely a privilege sure you know especially open mics because you can have now lightning in a bottle sometimes and it's amazing but 98 percent of the time it's somebody working stuff out yeah. and they're it's painful but it's great when you see it work and uh producers it's difficult being a producer and it's also difficult if you want to produce but you want to travel and do comedy it's almost like figure out what you want to do and what's wild is right now a lot of the producers are not good comics they're not planning to be a comic you know so then you have other comics that are gatekeeping you know, because they're trying to be more purist or whatever, sure. but they want to gatekeep <clears throat> the stages. And that's just like, listen, you could work with these people who want to produce, who are excellent with administrative, excellent with making your posters, excellent with promoting you. And we could all work together. And the comics that are wanting to make a career out of this could actually relax a little, mm -hmm. you know? And put it into the producer's hands, but they want to control everything. And they're at the age that they haven't learned that lesson that, wow, you know, rather than trying to come up with everything to bake the bread, we can all bring an ingredient yeah. and still make a really nice loaf of bread that everybody loves. And, well, that's what and I, it behoove all of us. I've always valued my role. Um, mm -hmm. I will say for a long time, I wouldn't call myself a producer because Siren, this is her truth. This is her idea. This is her vision. Um, so I felt like it was disrespectful to call it, call myself a producer. So I was just a stage manager forever. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a, it came a point where she was able to be more creative and had other things going on. And I was doing a lot more administrative work and I felt like I was producing yes. and she's gotten very comfortable over the years with, we all can make our own decisions for the three of us. And we know it's going to be what the other two are okay with. Yes. Um, so when I got to a point where I felt like I could be a producer, I realized I have a value um, I'm not interested in performing and never will be. I'm mm -hmm. not creative at all, but I love the creative people I work with. And I'm like, well, I can find a venue. I can find money. I can get a sponsors. I can do this and I can make sure people get here. And that's my way of like contributing. Yes. Um, and everyone lets me do that. I thought that's mm -hmm. what the job of a producer does. Yeah, it is. You but a lot of times people the... don't understand that. Yeah. I, I, fully feel creative people don't always have the best skill set yes to no we're horrible manage. at it right? <laughs> we're 100% horrible at it right, because so our brains wrong. do okay. not work that way no, and we had growing pains for a while people didn't realize um, my goal was to be number one we had the number one festival in America mm -hmm. three years in a row um, we have the best attendance of shows. We have some of the biggest names come into town that don't go anywhere in the South. And all those accomplishments are important to me. Yes. Um, but my thought process was, I can do this. You all can do this that I can't do. And it took a minute because not everyone realized I'm putting in 20 or 30 hours a week sometimes. Yes. Working on this. I'm going to meetings at venues. I'm talking them into letting 
30 somethings take now 40 somethings take their clothes <laughs> off in front of people yes. and you're going to pay us because we don't we don't do um we're different our venues pay us to be there right we don't pay to be at a venue correct and that's something i felt like was important to know the value of the people that, that were doing this yeah and no one's making a living from this no. um everyone in our in our troop have careers Mm -hmm. um, this is something we love doing mm -hmm. and that's why the festival came about we always thought it'd be fun to do i knew that carrie and dustin could have the best festival in america easily but when we had kids we couldn't travel anymore we both right. had eight or nine weeks of vacation a year from work mm -hmm. and it was spent traveling we produce other people's festivals um, carrie would star in them and we would stage manage them and it, it worked really well for a long time but when we had the kids we couldn't do that so mm -hmm. the festival was a way to bring everyone here, here right. so we didn't have to leave and the kids can interact with them the kids love when we have guests come in from out of town we have one guest that comes in he has to go to branson's soccer game every time he's scheduled around his soccer season that's to so come awesome. and watch him play soccer so that's my boyfriend Busy <laughs> <laughs> very sweet person but he was a soccer coach nice um, and a lot of our burlesque friends who are you know when we started doing this in our 20s we're all close to 40 or over at this point um, they didn't have children because they chose to be in other cities and right. that wasn't part of their journey. But when they come around, they stay at our house because all of our guests stay with us um, and they are able to experience our children for a weekend. It gives them something that they didn't get. Right. And our kids get Christmas presents and cards from all over the country from people in the burlesque community that if you're in burlesque, you think they're important. Yes. But what's important to them over here is not us. It's not our friends. It's the kids. They want right. to hang out with the kids. Yeah, Absolutely. But I think having the ability to organize is just as important as having the ability to be creative. It is 100%. And we've been lucky. Our troop doesn't argue about it. Mm -hmm. And well, they facilitated the point where I got to meet Dolly Parton. I was yes. in the same room with her. <laughs> I know. Now, I know that y'all got to be on the damn bus and everything. We did. And that was the best experience of my entire life ever. Um, that's just not something I ever thought would happen. I just... I used to cut her brother Randy's hair and watch shampoo Randy. his hair. Well, he just hair. passed away recently. Yes, he did. He used to shampoo his hair all the time. And then uh, my only Dolly claim to fame is that she pointed at me from a float in Pigeon Forge and said I was pretty. Well, there you go. That's something. <laughs> so, you know, pick me out of a crowd. It was probably some kid behind me, but I'm taking it as me. Right. It was me. That's you, 100%. But it was better, better than the adoption day of your children? No, equal. <laughs> Being a gay child from Gatlinburg, Tennessee, to me, is Dolly, not much closer yeah. to Jesus than you can get. Dolly is, um, yes. and being able to walk on her tour bus with your husband and your best friend, and you guys have worked so hard for twelve years at something, it was a big deal. Yeah. Well, when we first started talking about the festival, I looked at John and and Carrie. This was three years before she came. I said, "Wouldn't it be some shit if Dolly Parton came to our festival?" And both of them said, "You just manifested that would it. never yeah, yeah. happen." And I set out for it to be something that couldn't happen. Yes. I'm like, some way or the other, she's going to be at one of our festivals. Well, and we had to work with her security team. And they came a few weeks before the festival to scope everything out and decide mm -hmm. where she would be. And then the day of, her, her head of security drove in early. And I'm the one that does the administrative stuff. So mm -hmm. I was meeting with him. I was his contact. Also, I thought, well, maybe I'll see Dolly if I'm close to him. Yeah. And we're just talking on the stage of the Bijou. And... I'm like, this is where she'll go. People are gonna, we're all like, people are gonna see her. But if we bring her in this way, they won't know. We'll wait till the lights are down. Um, and he just said, okay, well, when they get here, we'll let you know what time for you guys to come on the bus. 
And I just started bawl. I just broke into... He's like, you're the one they told me was the asshole. And I said, yeah, but... Did you just say we're going to go on her tour bus? And he's like, yeah, she'd like to meet you guys and congratulate you on all the hard work. I'm like, why would she care about what we're doing? Because she's fucking Dolly Parton. Well, and when we went on the bus, she was like, I'm so proud of the three of you. And I was like... And she knew our names. I'm sure someone yeah. tells her these things. But like, she made it feel like she was our Facebook friend and she stalked yes. us and was like... And you walk into that bus and it smelled like heaven, and it just, mm-hmm. you just felt completely at home, and it was wonderful. And, and Siren had her um, sign a nude photo of Dolly, <laughs> and Dolly loved it, and she signed a love Dolly trollop. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! <laughs> and then at the end of the night, all the performers went back on stage. So we told them right before the show started that she was there because we knew if you ever been in the Bijou, the balcony, yes. you can see it from the stage. Yes. Um, so we were afraid someone would turn during a number and, yeah, and freak, freak out. out. But mm-hmm. Dolly's thing to us was she didn't want to steal focus right, from the people from, that worked mm-hmm. hard to be there. Yes. It wasn't the Dolly show. It was the Smoky Mountain yep. Burlesque Festival. Mm-hmm. But there was no way not to know it was her. Um, so at the end of the evening, they all gathered, and she came backstage. Now it's 11 o'clock. She got into town mm-hmm. at 2. Yeah. And parked her, to- her, her tour bus that's incognito, not her regular tour bus, on the side of the Bijou from 2 o'clock. And it was 11 p.m. or almost midnight. And she just comes in and sings everyone a song, and she meets my mom, and it was just, like, so awesome. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And she took pictures of everyone, and then she let me walk her back to the tour bus. Mm-hmm. So I got to hold her hand and walk her to her tour bus, and I was like, if I die today right now, it's all good. <laughs> and then she turned around when she got on the bus and gave me a hug, and she said, did I do everything good for you? And that's the last words that Dolly Parton will ever say to me. <laughs> did I do everything good for you? And I, I had nothing to say to her. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> this is the most amazing night of ever. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit, and we haven't done anything since. Yeah. So even if the world had just completely crumbled apart. It would have been fine. On a high mm-hmm. note. What a, now, I will say this. Dustin and Carrie <laughs> each have their own troops that they do their own shows. And I thought, I want to do something on my own. And that equated to Dustin and Carrie still doing a lot for me. Um, but they gave me the credit, and I produced an office theme show in January oh, of 2020. Fun! And it sold out. Yeah, and, that was the last and it was a wonderful show. It was. Show. You were in it. Yes. And this was the. It was the last burlesque show that has happened until we did the little show at the concourse last weekend. I bought a ticket for that show. And I, I thought if it, Yeah, you were married. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought if that's the way to end, yep. then Dolly I love those theme shows show. though. Well, and the those, office is my favorite thing in the entire world, and I thought. Will people want to come and watch that? And it was crazy. We we were going to do a park and rec show also. Oh my gosh! Um, so that maybe that'll hilarious. happen next year. That's so great. Yeah. See, that's the difference. A scene is not a troop, and you can't make any of these people work with you. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just it's sad to me because they can't see the forest for the trees, and they could be such a powerhouse. But I do love that because well, you know, we consider and our I'm, troop our family, and yes. we tell people when they come in. It, that's in mm-hmm. within three months you're not going to have other friends and everyone mm-hmm. laughs and they, they really don't then you end up being in the cult bratty the must really cult. like you because she's held on to you it's a burlesque but you had worked with us before bratty it's i think the comedy thing yeah um well yeah on some things i feel like you had hosted a show before i just feel i'm was terrible at hosting burlesque i would love to get better like i watch rhoda and i'm just well, like, rhoda is just a phenomenal person she, yes well, absolutely, but her hosting skills yeah. are quite phenomenal, and like James, uh, he's alright. You know, I told him <laughs> I was like, you should definitely come do comedy if you want to do comedy. I, please, 
please do comedy. You know, I think everybody should yeah. do whatever they want to do. But yeah, and then Bill has um, also been about, you know, doing variety shows and he is in stage managing and he went to college for a stage manager oh, that's awesome. and then he's a, a we DJ. did not <laughs> and, uh, well i mean he is good now it was a long time ago when he was in college and things are different but sure. he is very good at timekeeping and all of that and he's actually done productions with people that are in the burlesque community as well and for the life of me i cannot remember <laughs> Their name. Well, that was kind Great. of our thought. It's the guy that does. Not here. No, Greg. Greg Sockharder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Took me a minute. I'm sorry. I had, okay. to, I had to. I had to picture him. <laughs> I had to picture him in a picture. Yeah, that makes with sense. Gregory Sockharder. Yes, because then there's someone else. I get them confused all the time. Uh, he's married. To another burlesque dancer, the redhead. Oh, you're talking about Masterclass. Yes. And Sadie Sincere. Yes. And I get, I know. Masterclass I know is the, the tall one. the same people at all. I know. That's how I'm terrible at names and shit. <laughs> this is why I'm like awful. I don't try to, I'm really not. I'm not great with names but, either. Dustin is usually whispering in my ear who I'm talking to. Yes. See, that's, but I that was our thought with. I'm in a relationship because I need the supervision. Yeah, me too. That, <laughs> so, we, we thought. Between us, we had 250 employees at the time when we started with Burlesque. And I was yes. like, well, 25 ladies, we can we can make life easier here. This is like a Saturday skeleton crew. Like, we can right? handle this just fine. <laughs> yes. and I, so we literally just took our, our manuals at work on how to run a company. And we're like, we'll just do it with Burlesque. And it yes. worked. Yes. And we've taught classes on it now. Because the rules are the same. Okay. The product is different. But all the same yeah. rules that apply to product sales well that's what we did with the festivals we're done with the kids or like, whatever you just pop them in and you just Works. run it like a business yeah and that's and certain people enjoy the structure up. i love structure yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with mm-hmm. everyone in my structure going outside the lines a little bit having that's fun good. with it as long as they know like from 8 to 9 a.m this is the structure do what you want inside of that but at 11 we're doing this like that's my yeah when the troop travels i give them itineraries i'm like no i built in free time you have this free time but this is what we're doing as a group yeah together see that's cool i can go with that i can go with the plan i don't want to make the plan i'll, I'll help execute the plan, the plan. <laughs> i have pinterest boards I'll make of vacations your plan just in case so great like we go to burns we're burners and then you know and we have a whole group of people that we've got to decide what's the theme what are we doing blah 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 and i'm just like no I, i'll just do y'all I have tell more, me what you want and i have more bam, creative people social security numbers birthdays and legal names to be able to assign travel and all that i love it but i also like getting the points for the travel yeah, so i right? use my card i'm like it's fine see yeah, yeah so the less perk. the less i have to worry about the better it yeah. is for me mm-hmm. yeah we took 15 people I to vegas for a whole well. week for the lost for the um burlesque hall of fame and i was like here are your plane tickets here are your itinerary there's your room keys Good to go. I'm just that's before my time. It was. That's the stuff that I need to happen. I need a manager is what I need. Well, I'll take 20%. But she, uh, (laughs) Jennifer, has been like, yes, all right. Hmm. You know, you've been pretty good about organizing and keeping things done. I could totally be your manager if you could listen to me. I was just, I was actually talking to Danny about that the other day. I was like, I think I can make Gail better. Because I'm a natural, I mean, I'm a natural born mm-hmm. cheerleader anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think that I could. And if someone's going to manage you, they can't just make your schedule. They need to be able to encourage you and lift you up. 
Oh, yeah. To be the best. Because yeah. if you're being the best you can be, then that's more money we all can make. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I mean, you know, whatever I do, it's like Midas. Well, it's like when I went to work in this new can't career, I, just can't I told manage them that I would well. take a cut Seriously. of the money I bring into the company and I'll really? take a lower salary. And they thought that was crazy. And I was like, hey, you're not paying me as much as I made in my previous job. That's not what I'm looking for anymore. And I said, so give me this. And now two years into this, they're paying me more money than they ever could have imagined. But we're making... But more they're making more them. money than they ever could have imagined. Well, they, they gave me a larger share <laughs> mm-hmm. when they gave me my raise. They're like, we see what you did here. I'm like, yeah, I bet on myself because if I don't bet on me and I don't have a buy-in, right. then what is it going to do for you all? Yeah, yeah I took the salary where I was comfortable for our family because mm-hmm. yes. with Dustin not working, we had to be really smart about what we did and right. what job I picked. Um, and I was like, but this money on this side is the gravy yes and that i knew what i could do mm-hmm. i offered them the proof of what i could do from 13 years in my previous career they weren't it they were like whatever's fine and now we're the number one department in the country mm-hmm. but that equates to my kids and husband and me are okay right but then the company is completely okay and i can do exactly what i want to do they never argue yeah and that's where you want to be yes in life. they don't want to but i put the work in and that's the same with the with burlesque and anything else we do we, mm-hmm. we we put the work in. if dustin says we're going to do this it's going to yes. be done. It's going to be done early. That's what people don't see as well. And I think that's what some comics don't see either. They just see like, yeah, I can produce this show and get this person mm-hmm. on here and do what. And then and it's hard with producers too. like. Well, so it's like now we, we'll go and stage manage other festivals that we want to go mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, you pay for our Airbnb for the weekend. And yes. so it gives them an opportunity to save money somewhere. But they know what quality level they're getting. But we enjoy doing it. We don't want to go watch a show. Yeah. You want to go and be immersed in the show. Yes. But if I don't have to pay to stay somewhere and you want to buy me dinner, that sounds great. That's right? plenty. I don't need whatever else you want to give. So it also gives us an upper hand compared to someone that wants five or 600 bucks for the night. And when you're a control freak, it's perfect. That's I love what it. I love about burning is because literally, <laughs> although it's all con- inclusive, it's a volunteer structure. Mm-hmm. So to even make the festival go, you got to, you know, part well, of your thing you'll is never to see volunteer Dustin sit for down. shifts. Carrie and I will try to sit down and watch some of the show, and especially if you're paying a headliner out mm-hmm. of your own pocket to be yes. there. You want to see them. You'll never see Dustin. He's always running and making sure. But that he would not be happy to sit and just enjoy something because what his enjoyment is is doing around yeah doing getting everything. it taken care of well, and he make sure everyone else is in, enjoying that. He'll mm-hmm. stage manage a show and be a performer or a guest headliner. And it's like. You can't do. We were talking about that today. I was like, you can't do both of those. He's like, he's like, but he watch. always does. Yeah. Watch, yeah, I can. <laughs> I'm it's, producing the show so I can be on the damn show. Excuse it get, me. It's validating <laughs> though because exactly like, yeah. became a producer. Our performers <laughs> that come in from out of town, we get a lot of. We pay them before they leave. Mm-hmm. Before they get on the plane or they're driven home, they've got their paycheck. Yeah. And I think the first year of the festival, it was a first year festival. We made money. And we were we were thrilled. We didn't make a lot, but we made we didn't lose anything. So we were super super thrilled. And all of our headliners were paid before they got on the plane. And one of our headliners texts and she's like, "Did you mean to already pay me?" And I was like, yeah, "Well, you've already you performed two days ago. We went to Dollywood Sunday, and you're going home today." And she's like, "Yeah, it's usually six weeks before we get." And I was like, "That blew my mind." Yeah, like why would you not? Yeah, I couldn't understand. Like if you if you went home and I why hadn't would it paid take you, six weeks? That's because most of the time people aren't making money, but we don't make bets we can't afford to cover. See, yeah. even when I would have uh, when I was running producing comedy for First Fridays, I had 
my money out already before I was ever paid by the venue and paid the comics before they even went on yeah. stage. I was like, I don't want you to worry. I want you to have a good time. I don't want you to worry if you're going to be paid or not. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. So they would be floored about that. But it was like, I know what it's like to travel out of town and you, you know, you've got 50 bucks to last a week and you're expecting however much yeah. this gig and then them be like, well, we only sold like 10 tickets. So here's $40. And you're like, excuse me, I'm <laughs> yeah. supposed to have whatever. But uh, yeah, I just don't want as a comic i don't want to deal with that i don't i hate when as people a human, have to i don't want wait. my money fucked with so i'm not gonna yeah fuck with i don't money. well sometimes i mean it is a day or two some people have you that's know, reasonable yeah especially with a day or two. with like stri or um whatever that event bright and stuff it takes a little bit of time to process yes but if we're not doing something now the festival costs tens of thousands it's expensive yes our normal shows that's in the bank. We yeah. can just go ahead and pay and we'll put it back. I'm Correct. not going to make someone wait that long. Well, yeah. Festivals are not. Yeah. That's but we, a whole we, nother... we bet the first year festival with mine, Dustin, and Carrie's savings accounts. And we were able to put everything back. And we went to a really nice dinner. Nice. Yeah. And then talking to other producers, like, we never make money for, like, the first two or three years. And I was like, so we did something right. That was about. Yes. I didn't need the dollar to validate me. I needed mm -hmm. that we did it and someone else hadn't done it. And yes. I felt like we accomplished everything we needed to accomplish. Wait. Now, it. it's nice when you make money from stuff, too, mm -hmm. but it's nice just to know that you're able to do it. But we've yes. also seen a lot of producers put on a show not being able to back yeah. what they're doing. Yes. And that's and, and that we've seen a lot of performers who are hesitant to book shows because of that reason, because they've they've been burned. And that's why it does take some people six weeks to get paid because that producer was doing something that they couldn't financially back themselves and that's the one thing that we always look is if we're doing this or are we able to cover it if yes two people buy a ticket to it yeah. i mean it, yeah. it hurt it sucks yes but you have to believe in it and we've only lost money in the last 12 years maybe two shows Mm -hmm. But our performers got paid, and you were at one of those shows. Yeah, we, we paid everyone more. Was that than we, the one at um the Christmas show? Yes, we tried something different with a different organization. Mm -hmm. It didn't work, and it mm -hmm. cost me and Dustin Carey probably four or five hundred dollars. Yeah, but everyone got paid as they walked out the door that night. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yes, I would love to bring yeah. that number back because I thought that was really cute. I've yeah. never not paid anyone unless they purposefully told me I'm waiving my salary sure. for you mm -hmm. to give it to so and so. Mm -hmm. But that we also had a great night time. that night. And all oh, of our yeah. friends got to do something together. So if we spent 400 bucks on our friends having right. a great night at Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It just it, it equals out. It's not a it big does. deal. I just think that I'm just saying I'm sad that in a community where there is a possibility for so much power, they can't see they can't see their own power. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think wow. timing has a lot to do with it. It is. We were in our early 20s. Mm -hmm. And that's when you want to be most creative i think a lot or that's when your creativity really starts to be like hey 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 yes and when you have two people walking and be like hey we don't want to be creative let's just let, let's do the hard stuff but i think they forget the hard stuff is creating <laughs> i feel like that's yes. much harder than what i do yes it's um, just a different so they yeah. never argued with it because they didn't know any better because we got them when they were young <laughs> well, and, I think and now we're all 40 and tired <laughs> like also with burlesque as a community because you are outside fringe anyway you're 
there is a camaraderie there and you are creating an entire group effort of a thing and i think with stand-up because it's not improv so you're again not a group and because you're singular they're on stage and it's you know everybody that does comedy is screwed up a little bit sure like you know anyone that's doing anything creative is a little screwed up yes well, for real and, and confirm and what we have here in knoxville's horse burlesque is not the norm anywhere else. yes there correct. Are groups that work together for 12 years and act as a family and right rehearse. it's very rare but we it's, didn't realize that we just always yeah. ran it that way and then these big names would come in and we'd be like we're sorry there's only 200 people here tonight and they're like in new york mm-hmm. we performed 12 last night Yes. And I'm like, but you're the and number one burlesque performer City. in the world. And they're like, yeah, we went to three gigs to make, you know, enough for dinner. And I was like, I literally walked back in the back like, Dustin, we're, whatever we're doing here is, is bigger than what we thought it was. Yes. Well, it's because we do look at it as a community where everywhere else it is a scene. I mean. Yep. It, and it's, that's it's, what, it's sad. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was a time and people loved him or hated him, but there was a dude that had, uh, kind of created the underground scene in Knoxville. You guys might know Matt Matt Ward. He's super straight. You probably don't. But he used to write for all the that was Blank Magazine. Oh, yeah. and before mm-hmm. that, we won a lot Metro, of awards at Blank Magazine and Metropoles. <laughs> yeah, and so um, yeah. he he wrote for them, and he kind of produced a lot of shows, and he did all three comedy festivals here, and also he did Cape Fear. For several years, comedy festivals. Okay, I've heard of that. And so, um, what's wild though is when he left, part of the people running the festival were like, "Oh, he must have stole money." But what they don't realize is that he didn't steal any money. He had his wife and like people like me, right, behind the scenes who were creative, doing stuff like making the lanyards and laminating all the stuff and coming up with ideas of. Well, we're going to have Knoxville famous people right. for your lanyards, for who you are, for your pass or whatever. And all of the grunt work of doing the nickel and dime stuff. So there was enough money well, there to was a point, take care of all of the performers because that was his thing. Year five or so into the mm-hmm. troop, we, we had an influx of new younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was accused of using the money to pay my mortgage. Um, just from some guy who st- stuck around just long enough to do that. Yeah. And I was like, you have no idea what a nice house costs. Right, yeah. I said, we don't even make that in three months to pay my mortgage. And I was like, right. <laughs> so I brought my paycheck in. I was like, this is what an adult makes for a living. Yes. And I was only like a year older than him, but right. I lived as, I've lived as a 40-year-old <laughs> since I was 10. I love this. I and love I was it, like, though. I love how you I think it, them. Yeah, I was like, I think it's sweet. You think we make enough money off of this off of this to pay my mortgage i was like i like nice things and i work hard for them and here's my paycheck and he was like well that's more than i made last year and i was like yeah i make more than you in a month so feel that own (laughs) it and i didn't want to do this but you can't threaten my livelihood when i'm taking away time from my friends and my family to make you have a space to be creative and enjoy nothing we're doing here there's no way to cover our bills <laughs> or yes. you, you can't pay your bills with what you make from burlesque uh, no you, i do this because i you know that it. i know that mm-hmm. i'm a star it, yeah. even if it's in my own head and i just want to perform that's perfectly fine as dolly would say you are a big ball of gas well there are not many people that um <laughs> in the fringe art world that can afford to no. sustain from that you do it because you love doing it and we do it because we love the people we do it with have y'all heard of the the controversy should should people people that do burlesque professionally hobbyist versus hobbyist versus professional i've heard of this. Well, uh, 
Susie Von Strip. Susie Von Strip. Yeah. Yeah, What's I, the gist of it? I normally I don't get into these Facebook things. So well, just as a just as a it's also an Instagram clarification, thing. our troop has a social media clause where we do not engage in drama online. Nice. Yes. So yes. what this was was the 21st Century Burlesque magazine did Some a poll don't follow on all those rules. Instagram, and oh, I know. Um, one of this came off of a comment to one of the questions. Um, someone had said the gist of it was that there should be a set pay scale for hobbyists and And professional people mm. as a burlesque performer. And they were negating Mm -hmm. that, uh, professionalism put it in, put in the time. Yeah. They were saying that they've done 13 years of performing where, Miss Von Strip had only has eighteen months, but she was making the same amount as this person who's been dancing for thirteen years. And they were equating your time as quality um and your lack of time as less quality. So my my if, big if thing you're is doing the same thing and you're stagnant and nothing right. has changed, then it doesn't matter. You're not you're you haven't increased your quality. Mm-hmm. You've just perfected four numbers right. that you've done one. for 20 years. Or one number. But we, I always so, say, it, whether it's work, relationships, I always say it's quality over quantity. If, I'll pay you for your quality. And I, we've had people come into the troupe that come right out of the gate with their first number, and it's the best thing I've ever seen. Yes. Um, and I don't care if you're a hobbyist or a professional. I think that everyone deserves a spot if they're drama-free listen to constructive feedback and work if you put in the work we'll put you on stage because part of what we do is the burlesque academy classes that's the one place a burlesque performer can make money teaching classes because all that money goes directly to the teachers well and that's one of the the comments that is in this big thing is performers are not making money where you do make a, your money as a performer it's teaching classes yeah. that was one of the points and we've had 10 made. seasons of classes we have sometimes we have two a year sometimes we have one um, it's a great class just to take as any kind of performer. Mm-hmm. You don't really. Well, not even to... as a performer, we have professionals that come in that want to be more confident in their jobs, and they're never going to take their clothes off. And that's part of when they start is you pay one fee mm-hmm. if you want to be in a recital or a graduation, if you will, and you pay one fee if you're just there for you. Yeah, and it's totally fine. But I've always believed that no matter your level you you have a place yes um, and a lot of our classes are sold by the hobbyist that's a nurse during the week and had one really cool idea and they really felt good about themselves and went on stage with a costume they made themselves with no rhinestones on and then five people book 250 dollars classes because they can see themselves in that person yeah so you can have all the rhinestones and spend a thousand dollars on a costume and still be a shit performer correct um and you can go in siren teaches a class on ready ready to wear a costume she takes stuff out of her own closet and does a couple of alterations and there's no one more talented than her mm-hmm. and and some of her costumes probably cost a thousand dollars i bought some necklaces that are very expensive because they look great on her breast and <laughs> i was like i can't wear it so you have to wear it right but some of her outfits cost three dollars and you have no idea um oh yeah and no one's gonna outperform her ever no matter what she's wearing the year so. i graduated um oh i got in trouble that year i was villainized that year because i brought I me i brought me and a few other performers with me. And I said, you know what? Salome is doing these classes. Oh, we- not villainized by us. Okay. I was like, no, wait, no, a minute, no. wait a minute. <laughs> no. no. 
No. Maybe. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who villainized you? Well, yeah. Doesn't matter. We'll leave that be. We know. You we can, know. We'll tell you, you off air. Cut it out. You know who it is. I do know who yeah. it is. <laughs> Stir that pot, girl. Big Gay James was last week. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I didn't stir very much last but week. But I, I said, hey, good. you know, we we were not getting what we paid for out of something, and I had heard good things from other people, and I just, I collectively, I said, hey, I'm going to do this. If you want to do this with me, come with me, and let's. Let's go with a troop that's actually going to take care of us. Well, on the flip side of that, I'm the administrator of those classes. So I'm not a teacher, but I Mm -hmm. do all the reaching out. I do the follow-up. I do the charging the people for it, make sure they pay. Um, And the weeks of class, I call or text or email to make sure they're showing up so Mm -hmm. that we're Mm -hmm. continuing with it. So I do a lot of all that work. So I do pay myself from that. That's the only place I pay. I don't pay myself from anything else any of the troop does. But I do. I feel like I work just as hard as they do on that end. And I asked them before I did. We all had that conversation. But on the flip end of that. It's paid well, for your time. Probably for the first six, seven years, I didn't. And then Carrie's like, no, 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 no. You should. Yeah, you're like the fifth teacher. Just pay your. We'll split yes. it five ways. Um, but when you came with that group of people on the flip side, I was like, oh, fuck. This person in particular is horrible from what I'd heard. And I was like, and we're going to have to smile. And I was like, Carrie's going to be friendly. Dustin's going to be friendly. And I'm going to have to cut her throat when she crosses either one of them. Because that's my job. Yes. I'm going to protect Carrie and Dustin all day. Carrie and Dustin will protect everyone else. Yes. Um, and then Braddy came. And then we went. To, we did something at the Cedar Bluff Library. Do you remember we had a meeting about something? It was a Knox yeah. Fringe. It was Knox oh, yeah. Fringe. So I, we created Knox Fringe. I made myself president so I could be in charge. <laughs> and Braddy, you're vice president? No, I'm nothing. Or you're treasurer no. or something, no, weren't you? No, I'm not. No, no, but no. I, that's where I met with you guys at Barley's for Knox yes, Fringe. Yes, so one that time was the night well. that Carrie Betty told me Bunkers we had to let. Yeah, Betty, I thought person. you were also. Carrie said we had to let people run for offices and I couldn't be in charge of everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I, I let remember everyone when talk. people were supposed to vote. Yeah, I let everyone talk <laughs> and I was like, hi, John Camp, president of Knox Fringe. Yeah. And no one, I ran unopposed. Um, <laughs> it cost me a lot of money, but I did it. Um, <laughs> but through that we started our friendship and i was like this person can't be horrible this is my gut tells me she's fine yeah but we were very cautious for a while but if if we didn't do that i don't know if our community would have continued the way it has because we bridged that that gap back together which is good yeah because yeah. it, it there was a year or two where it was very tumultuous because we couldn't be a whole connected yes. group and community and that's why knox fringe came about we thought well i thought if we have all these people in one room, they're going to have to realize we're not awful. And then we can figure out if they're awful or not. Right. It's one place we can all be together on a common playing ground. Mm-hmm. And pretty fast, and the I people that were awful stop coming. Just, I mean, fringe artists need to support each other. Well, Boston the- had taken it over for the comedy crew. Yeah. Supposedly did. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Boston. Go ahead. I'm That's sorry. a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hello, yes. Boston. Yeah. He has Hi, one of his own. Yes. <laughs> but it, yes. Not love fringe both of them. Kind of died away because there there was no sense of community there. Trying to get anyone in any other discipline of fringe to be a part of anything was it's horrible it is but they do want to take any opportunity they get that's why i'm very you know i'm i don't it did help us turn back inwards though and build the burlesque community stronger and i think that we've accomplished a lot since knox fringe as a community because we stopped trying to 
put our energy out where it didn't need to be. Right. So I feel like if you give people energy and they take it, that's fine. Yes. Because you've decided to lot them that. If they don't take it, then take it back. Yes. And give it to somewhere else that is going to use that it. They would and it rather is called Salome it. and it's Cabaret. Yes. Yeah. So and we've always really... had comedians and vaudeville yes. and singing and, and yeah. trapeze and aerialists. Which, and they know, like Siren knows, hey, if I need something from the comedy community, she can call yeah. me and I'm going to hook it up. I'm, well, that's something we've always may had. may not go to every single meeting that you guys have, but if that's you fine. need something, she knows. You know, now you guys know. Yeah. So. Well, during COVID, we haven't really done anything. Mm-hmm. That's where your manager um, comes in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like seriously. But we're we're working but on we're coming back. We're hoping stuff. maybe in the fall to have a show. Yeah, um, maybe some classes again, and then next year I think we're going to go to quarterly shows. Yeah. Um, I would actually like to take the class. Well, the you can be my guest. Class. I can get a free person every once in a while. Let you oh just gosh, do no, it. I would pay for it. No, it's fine. Just enjoy it. We can give one free like one away. It's fine. It. Just have fun with it. Um, sometimes people just need it again. Yeah. Well, she can she can pay for it. It's fine. Yeah, right. I'll pay for it again. Split. Danny can pay for it. <laughs> I'll give you half. It'll be get one free. Pay half. Get one free. Or you can take it's one not that I've forgotten yeah. a lot of it, but I'll it's... take it to out now. <laughs> Me <I don't> too. <laughs> it's right. just the way they make you feel kind of when proud, while you're actually, there. The I need to feel that part. feeling again. Because... Well, that's why it was important for me to be involved in it because there's no reason for me to be at those classes. And we have that conversation. Carrie has the first meeting of each class john is a homosexual john does not want your body john is here to lift you up john is going to be here all the time john is running this any objections and no one ever has that but I think sounds it's smart like to... my wedding vows <laughs> bill and i got married <laughs> that would be mine and bill's wedding vows i'm not here for your body right <laughs> I'm just, just here for kidding. you. I'm just kidding. But my mom He's was a very one day. My mom was a very strong, independent woman. So I feel like watching, the, especially the people that come to the classes. Mm-hmm. If that's my way, I can help them feel stronger. Kind of feel like I'm making yes. my mom stronger over again. Ah, that's so great. So I love it. I hate. I don't care about boobs or anything, but I really yeah. enjoy the process. And it's really fun to look at three people's. We give them a little personality test and they tell <laughs> us things about themselves. And after they all leave, the first night's always like an eight hour night for us. Cause we'll sit down and go through each of those. And we'll say, who do you think is going to do what? And it's always the quiet one. That's like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take my clothes off. And by and week then, three, they're like, here are my tips. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that person is going to go home and be a better person and more confident. Mm-hmm. And they're going to care about themselves yes. more. And that's mm-hmm. what's really rewarding with it. But I think the burlesque classes will bring back sooner. I think that's more important than mm-hmm. shows. I don't know if everyone agrees with fun. that, but I think it's something that's missing. I agree with that. Yeah. Because I think right now, before we start doing shows again, I need like a, I need a refresher. I kind of thought about doing a refresher reboot. for the whole troop, kind of. I'm in. I can teach people how to comb out a wig, how to tease it up. <laughs> I think a lot I of people are different after COVID. Stuff. I know I'm a different person than I was going into COVID. And I think everyone has to kind of remix and decide if it's what they want to do or not do. And if we're going to do it, you're going to have to do it the way we are doing it less well, compromise <laughs> yeah this is how it is we're established we know what's going on yeah being close to 40 and having four kids if we're going to put in the most work and effort and time and sacrifice then you're going to have to do it the way we want to do it because it's not fair to ask other people to sacrifice themselves if you're not going to put in the effort also and that's what got old and to put out quality work yeah as well 
And quality mm. does not mean glitz and glamour. No. Not, no. Just make sure if you show a number and you come back the next week, you've done something. Even if your leg moves a little bit differently. Yes. Don't leave it there and then not touch it again and expect 15 people to give you the same right. feedback again. And then yeah, you come back the next week and do nothing ball. with it. It's like doing a set, you know. It's not worth wa- wasting people's time. Yes. This is why. You can waste your own time. You can sit in your in your kitchen and, and talk to yourself in the mirror and decide if you're funny or not. But you can't go on stage and not, you know, purposely not be funny because you're just having a bad day. That just fucks with everybody else's time. Yeah, that's what you, you do You can waste your mics. time. <laughs> Literally at open mics. What do I need to learn today? Oh. I need to learn to embrace the silence. All right, I'm gonna bomb. Okay. No, that's what your Get kitchen's for. Go home. That. And you, it's hard. You can't give yourself feedback. I know it sounds crazy. You would think you'd be able to practice like you do dance moves or whatever. Sure. In the mirror. You can go over what you want to say. Right. Sure. But it, there's no mirror when I'm performing. But open mic is not so, a professional ran show that correct. people put months into. Now, if you're getting paid money, mm-hmm. you better yes. I also better. feel like trade is fine too. There are Do things well. that we've done. We could mm-hmm. charge hundreds of dollars a show to other people, mm-hmm. but if you want to help people, you really want to help people. Yes. You don't always take money. Correct. But if you're if you're giving me something and I'm giving you my time, my time is more mm-hmm. valuable than any amount of money you can pay. Yes. And that's the but the respect thing. is the I'm important thing. Tired of hearing in the burlesque community is that yes, I get there needs to be industry standards about things, but if I feel like not that I'm devaluing my time as a performer if I'm taking less of a cut because I want to be a part of something or because I want to support something, then I shouldn't be to make feel like shit because I did that because I took something less than what you would do. Because that's a lot, that's a big thing in the community is well, people are, are doing shows for less just so that they can have stage time or because they so that they can be in a show and it's undercutting these people who've done this for years and i don't believe that i mean we're just coming out of a pandemic well we've had headliners that come to the festival and shows that we're like we can't afford that we would love to have you these are the things we can offer you and they'll come back and say, yeah, I've heard that this is a great thing to do and we have a good time for mutual friends. And they come and do it. And they're like, if anyone asks, say, I pay, you pay me this. Cool. Yeah, so that they can keep their rates the same. Yeah, but we Just... build in value. We'll, we'll do classes for them. And a lot of times they can make a thousand bucks from classes. People, mm-hmm. when a big headliner come in, mm-hmm. and they get every, we don't keep any penny from classes. Yes. It goes to all, no matter if you're Whoever's a headliner or julie down the street that does jewelry and wanted to come to the festival and she makes 500 bucks she gets 500 bucks mm-hmm. we don't take anything from it yes so people if Ooh, you should do a wig class at that'd um, be fun at the festival classes. we had someone do that one time and i don't know if they're actively performing more so that'd be cool like wig styling mm-hmm. but i think that if you explain to people what what value you're giving them it doesn't always have to be money. Yes. And that's why a lot with the troop have learned, they get booked a lot because of Salome's reputation. Mm-hmm. We have a good reputation. And people will call us. They'll call Dustin or Carrie or me and say, I'm thinking about booking this person from your troop. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times we'll be like, and pay them this. And it'll probably be more than what they would have asked for themselves. Unless right. their name is Bratty Mel Beaverhausen. Why? Because you have a minimum? <laughs> Because you made a minimum. No. She's very fancy. Yeah. Wait. Well, Colin Boutet has a same. very large rider. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the same in comedy though. Like corporate gigs, 
uh, some of the guys the that do corporate gigs around have told me because uh, I can book corporate as well. Sure. Because you don't. What's weird with corporate comedy? You don't have. You can be kind of dorky. You mm-hmm. don't have to be edgy. Yeah, you just are dorky and kind of funny. So stories, even about my kids or storytelling, yeah. it doesn't matter. And so, like, even small companies, like, they're like, this is the minimum fee. And I have to ask that because I know they're getting that. And if I ask less, I've now undercut sure. all of these other people as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but you can make a lot with corporate gigs. It's just some people don't want to, you know, dumb their comedy down or whatever. Right. But, and I think that people that... But that check cash and it's good money. Yeah. Do? If you want to make money, as dumb as you want less. if the number goes up. I want to make a living doing comedy <laughs> yeah. and it's not going to be going from bar to bar. Well, you probably cut people's hair extra. that you didn't necessarily want to cut, but you knew they were going to be a good, Correct. A good customer and have exactly. a steady flow of income. So you have to have, you know, depending on what you want to do. So. Well, that's another part of us coming with a corporate mentality to this. We do things sometimes for free that give us goodwill yes. or good press or good reputation. Correct. So that when that money does come, like when we did that college mm-hmm. tour, everybody made really good money from that. Mm-hmm. We'll find you the money. We always can't give you the money, but we're going to find the money for you. Yes. And um, whether it's ticket sales But if you're a corporation, you do charity work. It's yes. a tax write-off. <clears throat> Why can't we do charity work, quote-unquote, I'm a Dolly Parton capitalist, so <clears throat> yes, I believe in absolutely giving back For sure. Everything. You get back so much more if you give it away. Yes. I, I believe that capitalism unchecked is just as evil as communism. Sure. People have a hard <clears throat> time with that. I'm so happy that more uh, people are coming together just in things and ideas. You don't have to be a total Dustin asshole. Dustin would give it all away and never think about it. That's what has happened to me in my life, literally, where I'm just like, yeah, sorry. You and don't I used have to always just want every I've penny. I've helped everyone. Yeah, I wanted yeah. every bit of it. Every single ounce of money I could get. Yeah. And we have found a very happy medium where we have what we need. Yes. And especially during the pandemic, we were more fortunate than some, and we made sure they had what they needed. Yes. And it never felt mm-hmm. like a chore. It never felt like a, it a never burden. Is. It made you feel like a better person. Yes. It and then sometimes you end up being bad. a better person. <laughs> like, by the way, my just saying about the... I don't feel bad. I don't regret any of it. No, you don't it, seem like you do. But I'm not... I'm just saying I'm not a good manager of things right. like this. So I'm like, oh, wait, I probably should have kept some. So I would have something well, to eat. Well, that's where we work. Dustin will be and like, that's... this person needs $400. I'm like, well, we just gave this person $200. He's like, but they need this and and he's very good at telling if someone really needs it or if not Mm -hmm. um and it usually wins yeah the no in our house wins and that's how it's with the kids the no wins yeah um but when it comes to charitable giving well we need to figure out how to do this right yes and bill has really helped me too because he is he actually has found the you know the what am i trying to yeah, well, that too. That's why I'm still here. That's why I know about vaginas. I am a man trapped inside my body, but I've I heard am you say that before. Absolutely gay. I I am a gay man, and it all just evened out. But he is totally gay as well, and so it's calling deep cries to deep. But yeah, he um, I think he might be a lesbian. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! And on that. So we're like perfectly matched, but he has gotten, you know, he's definitely, he was, he's an only child adopted. His origin story is kind of awesome as well, but 
much like you doted over his whole life, but he literally has found the peace, I guess, in giving. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I think it's I when you get older giving. and you're able, you've already established your life, and now you're at a place where you don't necessarily need as much money as you have, or you want to give a service to somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm really trying to do with Brady's bites is. I want you to just pay it forward, yeah. yes. you know, especially I, I'm really only banking for my friends, but I'm trying to get to where if I need it, I'll take it. But if not, I want you to just donate it to a charity who really needs it because yeah. I don't need it. I just want to make you a fantastic cake. Well, yeah. During yeah. the pandemic, everything that I did comedy wise was for charity. It was either to feed somebody or to help women who were and children suffering domestic violence yeah. isn't there an old joke you know the closer you get to death or you know the more you age the more you want to do good because you're trying to get yeah, in good with bill god cosby said. that's what bill cosby said well we all want to live by bill cosby's yeah days. right that's what my favorite i didn't want to say his name coffee, everybody forever forever why aren't you a clean comic like bill cosby and i'm like well i don't have anything to hide right. you know i don't have to hide behind right. my persona can be horrible because i'm not doing horrible things on the down low he's worse than louis ck like i'm so happy i love that, that show though. cosby is in prison but louis ck i know he is out free still doing comedy but yeah. he told you who he was That's- i mean his jokes are like yeah i'm masturbating in the schoolyard or whatever and they went to his room like what do you expect honestly come yeah. on you're at the hotel room and then you know he's still he didn't grab them he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna. Well, before I have I'm sex with comedians, I always let them know what masturbating is happening and when I'm gonna grab them. Yes. And I have them sign a form saying it's <laughs> yes, okay. Yes, you should have them sign the waiver. I think they're both pieces of trash. However, like it's like, did Lewis? You know, it's like if I'm like I'm a whore, I'm a whore, and you walk in, I'm giving your friend a blowjob. I told you, yeah. I am a whore. You know? They just don't believe it. But consent is sexy. You just can't have the waving. Yeah, it was enthusiastic consent. Yeah. I'm, when it comes to blowjobs, I'm always enthusiastically yes, consenting. Yes, it's like nobody's like, no, no. My favorite Even a thing bad to one. Do. We have agreed, though, to keep hand jobs in the friend zone where they belong. Yeah, so I've, I've given several of my zone. friends hand jobs. Sometimes if they're having a bad day, you just stop buying them a hand job. Yeah. And they just feel better. Hand, you know what? I think a we need to go on a high job. note. And hand jobs are definitely a high note here so uh (laughs) mom's cutting us off are they a high note (laughs) yes okay we haven't talked about polygamy (laughs) yeah well (laughs) that's next time because you definitely need to be on next time are you to promote i'll see you next june we are Uh, you are polyamorous as well we have a boyfriend we have have a boyfriend oh wow gail's taking over i didn't know i didn't know if you wanted to talk about we didn't talk about this as well our kids know in our family i hear you like i heard you twice boyfriend boyfriend but i was just like okay maybe well and i confuse people because i call like your work people at work i love boyfriend boyfriend, i call my friends boyfriend but we have a we have a fully committed partner yes that's wild. We've just recently starting to let people know. It's We've been together for two years, but we wanted to make sure it was, like most things, we like to plan and make sure it works. That is hilarious that you literally kept it on the low for two years. No, your friends had to know. Um, I think that they had an idea, but we didn't We didn't really start being so very So they really didn't know. It. They were just like, here's your friend. There's your Carrie pool boy. Carrie and Carrie and Jacob, fully aware because they're yeah. our closest friends. Um, yeah. And I don't think anyone was surprised by the person because everyone's known the person for a long time. 
but I, they were people were typically surprised that we. I just said that's the surprise yeah. is that we that you two have a boyfriend. Yeah, that surprised you at all? No, not at all. Because I just don't look at. I don't. Ever great. All? I look at everybody kind of the same. Yay! You have a boyfriend. You have somebody that is enriching your life. Right. I mean, we were you. surprised. We were surprised. <laughs> but when we when we came into this friend group fifteen years ago of the burlesque community, there were a lot more straight performers, or what mm-hmm. quote unquote thought they were straight, and then people have mm-hmm. to figure out who they are over time. We were the only people not in a polygamous relationship, mostly. Yeah. Um, and we were all. I was always like, well, this, is, "This is what straight people do. They just all sleep together." And then <laughs> that's what we do now. <laughs> like, yeah, literally all of my gay friends. Yeah, that must be a Florida thing. That's a know. Florida man. I thing, never maybe. thought I'd want to share Dustin <laughs> with anyone. Um, yeah. But he makes me thanks. Right. But <laughs> when it with Cody, I, I don't have that thought. It's like if they're together doing something like if they go to lunch or dinner i'm like i'm really happy the two of them are together yeah but i'm never not you know what that's called compersion yes. yeah yeah i did my homework um I'm so but i'm proud. never concerned that dustin is coming home to go to bed in my bed and yeah. that's the big thing we will be together to the day we are no longer breathing it's never been a thought it's never been a question and with cody it's pretty much the same way we i yeah, feel like we've know. all done this before anybody's mm-hmm. leaving him yeah well, he's, he's aware but i don't think he's leaving yeah that's just, well he might be there till the end as well i don't have that feeling that's i think that's why it's comfortable real. yeah that's why it feels like it was always the three of us our that's kids cool. are very comfortable with them my mother's very comfortable with them everyone's just and like you said you know i believe that we live so many lives before agreed like, maybe yeah so this i was is one of them into the mumbo jumbo of mm-hmm. the universe <laughs> um but i have fully embraced it and i feel like something switched and I was like, yeah, we've definitely have been this before. It's This is not new. And he said that something to us the other day. He was like, in this life. Because that's something about how long we've been together. He's like, and in this life. And I was like, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, we're repeating it. It does feel weird. Because Bill and I have, I mean, you know, he's like, yeah, you're definitely my soulmate. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. We've well, known each I, other. Dustin's we recognized my, each other. Dustin's my soulmate. There's no... Mm-hmm. We share a soul. Uh, Carrie and Carrie are my best friends. They're very different. Mm-hmm. People think it's weird that Dustin's not my best friend. Dustin will never be my best friend. Yeah, it's a different yeah. love. It's a different yeah. thing. There's a relationship completely. with those two ladies that will never be something Dustin can do or understand and vice versa. And he has the same yes. relationship with them also. Mm-hmm. And Cody's my other person. Yeah. And that's why I try, I'm like, that doesn't negate Dustin in any way because Dustin is at the very top of the heap. Yeah. But Cody's my other person. That's I just haven't what it evolved is. enough yet. Maybe in another two, three years. I get bored or whatever. Maybe we can. Oh my God, that's not our music. <laughs> no, that's him. It's Gail's lover. It is. Well, yeah. But yeah, so that's still, it's still new to us. We're still learning how everything works. Uh, we have not told everyone, but the people that would listen to this podcast are fully aware. <laughs> fully aware. Um, that's it's cool, It's interesting though. and fun. Yeah. After 13 mm. years, it's nice to. Yeah. Yeah. Just, see, we haven't even been together that long. Well, we never five. felt like there was anything missing, but when you, when this person comes into your life, it feels like there's a another piece that you're like, oh, yeah, that was not oh, there. Oh, huh. I knew when I knew the moment I loved John, and I knew the moment I was in love with John. I knew the moment when I loved Cody, and I knew the moment when I was in love with Cody. <laughs> Men are weird. Well, that's I was telling. So. I was, I'm just saying. I told Braddy when I think you went upstairs. Um, <clears throat> when Dustin hugged me on our first date, I was in love. 
And I went home and called my best you friend and said, I'll you never. had the butterflies. Yeah, I said, I'll never. This is it. And then when Cody hugged me, was not expecting. And I was like, oh, no, this is. And this was three or four years ago. And I was like, oh, no, that's the same. This feeling. is weird. Yeah, because Dustin was the only person I ever let stay at my house. Mm-hmm. Almost the only person I even knew where I lived. I was like, y'all want to fuck? We'll fuck at your house, and I'm going home. Did you tell yeah. Dustin right away <clears throat> that you had had these feelings? No, I felt like I was cheating on Dustin, and it I was, had a lot it of was guilt. The same because the the first time I I even saw Cody, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's what that is. Yeah, and <laughs> that's interesting. But, so and then a year later, two years later, John and I <laughs> were sitting in in a bath we're soaking and we both we look at each other <laughs> and we cool. said at the you same time thank you for the material later on <laughs> love that we we both looked at each other at the same time and said we feel like there's there's someone else and mostly because i'm really thinking of the size of that tub oh there's sass and sex yes <laughs> i couldn't tell which <laughs> word you said but the they're both size of the tub. Oh. oh yeah that we both yeah. can fit up to our necks mm-hmm. we have a yeah. you know gay people yeah. do it right yeah yeah <laughs> that tub can fit four grown men in it yeah we wouldn't know there how. you go how yeah, are we, how yeah, are we either. How are we not? Is it decorated like a Grecian bathroom? No, we're not tacky. Um, <laughs> we're, we, not tacky. Uh, we're not tacky. Modern country farmhouse. Oh, nice. Okay. We have a hundred-year-old house that it's very Chip and Joanna Gaines, but we were we did it before they did it. Nice. I love it. Okay. Yeah, we just we just knew. So you met this magic <clears throat> man, and y'all both knew. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he knew. In conversations along the way, we've kind of. He was in not a great situation, so it's taken it's taken time to get to not on he's a very honest person we get to where we can be open with our feelings with one Mm -hmm. another and it's different and we he and i work together um i'm his boss so (laughs) it's uh and my company's fully aware and Mm -hmm. really that's again like dust and i in this bubble people just tend to yeah it's my company was like the owner of my company's like that's great (laughs) he's like as long as you guys keep doing your job so everything's great whatever you touch will be gold and so we're right behind you there i was like i'm telling you you're offering me this new huge position i'm telling you my direct report is my boyfriend and he's like yeah you both do a great job just keep doing a great job and i was like okay yeah cool because I was ready to leave if that had, you know, was the case. Yeah. I was like, "This is commitment." So they're like, "Nope, we're down." So we've we've been telling people for a few months now, but we wanted to make sure. Typically, when we do something in life, we make sure it works before we let other people in, mm-hmm. and that's typically make sure that it doesn't not work for other people. Um, but I think we're at a point in life now, and I think the pandemic escalated that that we don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, we... What a beautiful lesson! I'm so proud <laughs> yeah. of you guys. I am so proud yeah if you if you don't like our life it's okay yes it doesn't mean you don't have to continue to have compassion for other people and continue being you you just no longer have to be affected by other people's ideas of who you're supposed to be and when we stop worrying about that the entire world changed how free did you become very free it's amazing Mm -hmm. isn't it the best thing it's the worst and best thing but when my parents died it clicked but everything that she had been telling me yeah. our <clears throat> whole life the fact even my sister's relationship that i don't have with her i had the permission not to yeah like just because you both came out of my womb does not mean that you would ever have picked each other to be friends if you didn't know each other or yep. whatever and you do not have to do that however you may want to be cordial in case one of you need a kidney 
You know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my brother and I are the same way. We're not friends. We love but each other, but if you, we have no nothing in relation to one there's another. Zero. Yeah, we don't even have contact with each other. But yeah, if she needed a kidney, even though she's been a total ass, yeah. I would still give her a kidney. I don't want her to die. Right. You Just know, don't live in my but atmosphere. I do not give a shit forever. I worried about what she thought about me. It's always the ones that you don't that don't like you. That Dustin you has raised try. his hand. I mean, that's well, that's how the I was hardest for was with my family. I I gave and gave and gave and gave up so much to try to make sure that they were happy with what we were doing and it just got to the point where I was like I I can't do this anymore. Correct. And some of those members have fallen to the wayside and I didn't understand why because we are always the ones that do yeah um but as we've gone through this process and through the pandemic i realized like oh we thought we were free because we were hitting all cylinders we we had the life that everybody wanted and we had the life we wanted but then it were like we don't have to worry about isn't it amazing that anymore when you cut the sandbags though <laughs> like you were in this wonderful hot air balloon but you were tethered yeah, the, by this yeah, rope. yeah we, we were only five feet in the air we thought yes we were yes yes you were so much higher but and then like once the you year, drop a been, couple sandbags and yeah. let go of that rope it's amazing that's a great metaphor i really feel like dustin just walked under and cut all the bags <laughs> hopped in and we were off and as the last 12 months have been the best of our entire lives and i feel like we've had some pretty good years yeah. But the last 12 months, and it, it, it not just to do with Cody, but like with our kids, mm-hmm. our careers, selling our house and buying a farm, everything we've ever really wanted has happened. And it's weird to like have this very freeing experience of, okay, we can accept this. It's hard to accept when you're happy. I when think you're that's used to keep some of the climbing. good things that have come out of this pandemic is number one, this podcast had yeah. come out of yeah. this. We finally decided we had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And two, like you said, my family. I feel like I'm closer to my family and my children just being through this and us just being all together. Yeah. Well, we went from quantity of people in our life mm-hmm. to quality, to quality mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was the, the big thing is we, we were judging our success on how many people were in our lives or, or how many Or wanted lives, to be around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that it just wasn't the case. It's wild when you're footing the entertainment bill, you always have people that want to be around. Yeah. There are always mm-hmm. people who are good at having other people take care of them. Well, that's going back to when people ask how we can afford four kids. We let the adults go that we were paying for. Yes. Um, that we were footing the bill for. And, and when you stop footing the bill, they go real fast. It's Yeah. Well, you find out for sure who yeah. was really there for the leg up or who was there for the handout the hand up or the handout well, like carrying carrying jacob those are our closest people. friends and jordan they've never asked anything of us yeah and it's hard sometimes to equate that because i'm like well i would do anything in the yeah, entire if they world needed for it, you even without this asking, is a shout out to jordan jordan i want you on the podcast because i think that she's the one of the most kind-hearted fascinating people i've yeah, ever we met should have her other than her. dustin and like carrie and carrie without jordan i I wouldn't have the we wouldn't be where we are because we wouldn't have the realization yeah yeah <laughs> she's the one person like no bullshit she's like we're stopping here here's a crystal go and now i have like dozens of crystals and i take baths in the candlelight with my crystals and nice when there's a new charge moon them. we charge them in the moonlight and that's what's around our tub is our crystals yeah. <laughs> i dig it i turned into a, an old hippie lady and i love it yes there's nothing better but when i 
my soul stevie nicks body be in tune with the world i was like okay and now it's like everything just clicked and even our kids my daughter was like you're not as like i was getting too high strung and overworked and over crazed and she's like Mm -hmm. you are not mean anymore and she told my mom Mm -hmm. that i didn't she didn't tell me that and i was like oh i didn't realize i was being mean i don't my dad was mean and I never want my kids to think I'm mean because I, I would do anything in the world for them. Well, you, well, you, you had you no probably picked up on some things too that maybe you didn't realize that came from yeah. your dad. Yeah. And I yeah. still have my moments, <clears throat> but I try very hard to be outwardly caring. I thought you were mean when I first <gasps> met you. Oh, to adults, yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Children, <laughs> I never mean to. That's so funny. But adults deserve it sometimes. I don't get they that do. you're mean. But I think that a lot of people... It just made me love you more because I love difficult men. Well, well. Reader, re, re, re <laughs> socialize with people in the last few weeks. We have done a few more things because it's getting safer and everyone's vaccinated. The people we're seeing are vaccinated. Um, and I've had a couple of people like, oh, you aren't who you were last February. And I'm like, no, and I'm trying really hard not to be. That's nice, though. How great. It's I, nice yeah. to see. I even thought that when I first met him. <laughs> I tried to run away. He couldn't. And he was like, nope. He couldn't. Yeah. His Volvo broke down in my in my driveway and he had to stay forever. That's what happened to me, literally. <laughs> That's literally what happened to him. He drove yeah. the same car through high school and college and it finally Car's died. not running. And <clears throat> it's like, mm, now I'm in. Now I'm never leaving. Yeah. So, me or the car. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. It's been so great having you guys. Thanks. Thanks so if uh, if people have questions about Knox Pride or KnoxPride.com. Okay. And Dustin, will you get to talk about Bear Doll and Burlesque and what you're doing in Tummy Tuesday, which I think is fabulous because I showed my tummy for the first time in years and I, you know, as a 50 year old woman you've got the stretch marks and the it's just not pretty in my opinion but you encouraged me to put out a tummy picture and i appreciate that well thank you i appreciate you so, doing it <laughs> <laughs> so tummy tuesday which is tuesday today mm-hmm. show your tummies today on instagram show dustin mm-hmm. some love i don't think he always realizes how many people he affects Yes. yes. What's your Instagram? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is Barry Manatees. Barry Manatees. And every morning he puts uplifting quotes for people. Every morning. I always know when Dustin's up. At 5 a.m.? Yes. Or 4. Yeah. But that's getting Because I might get a text ready, at 5 mm-hmm. For everybody to be out the door. <laughs> if yeah. Dustin forgets, he'll have 30 or 40 messages asking what's wrong. I think that people, there are hundreds of people that expect that some kind of affirmation from him in the morning. But that's how I keep my mental health in balance. And that's your little meditation, and you're like, hey, this is what I'm putting it, out it literally, I, today. It's part of my meditation. I, I meditate, and then the words that come to me, I'm looking up for a physical representation of that, and that's what goes up. Nice. And the Very angel cool. on earth that he is, if he can tell you're having something going on, he sends you private messages to let you know oh, what he thinks I know. And it's not one or two people, maybe two or three dozen people a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. He takes his time and makes sure they know that they're special. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I was sad that. So if you want to be on Barry Manatees' uh, inspirational <laughs> list, <laughs> follow him on Instagram. Yes. Follow him on Instagram, for sure. Barry Manatees. And if you happen to be listening and you're a um, boy or bear give him a holler. 
Or send yes. John some photos. Yeah. yeah. The boys, the boys send at Cabaret at gmail.com. Because I love Barrelesque. I think that, that's probably my favorite. Barrel shows are probably my all time favorite. They're my favorite. They, they took on a different nature than what I expected them to. Um, but I, I love any show that we do. Um, but it's the closest thing to like a male review. Mm-hmm. I love the male review. I would like to do yes. an offshoot called Twink Less. <laughs> nice. <laughs> love a good twink. Who doesn't? We all do. Info at salamacabre.com. Right? <laughs> if anyone's wondering, John answers all the emails. Yeah. I have 15 Just emails email that come John. to me. They're they, all John's All roads emails. lead to John. They really are. <laughs> He even reads Gavin Girl Time. We don't even have it. It goes to John. <laughs> so if you want John to answer your hilarious, email, please email us at gabingirltime at gmail.com. Yeah. And he'll, and he'll answer. I'm the Gavinest girl of all time. <laughs> I even have Gil Grantham Comedy now. I am at gilgranthamcomedy.com as well. I thought it was Gail Comedy. No, Gail Grantham. Okay. Comedy. At Gmail. You can fix this in post. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. But I thought you just got a website. Do you get a website? Yeah, it's also Gail yeah. Grantham Comedy. Oh, it's good you own that, because sometimes John buys other people's names websites <laughs> yeah. to piss them off. Yeah, I bought it. I was like, oh, should I do this? Yeah. Am I doing anything with it? Nope. But you have it. <laughs> but I do have it, in case. If you go TikTok case. famous, you'll have it ready. Yeah, I, Veridol has a, a website, but... <laughs> Yes. There's nothing. I, to I have zero. I just own the domain There's name. Stuff. There's nothing. I have nothing. There was one person that was very mean to me, and they lost their, they didn't renew their domain. I'm so proud of so you. I bought it. Yes. You know where it goes? It redirects to com. Nice. That's it. Oh, my God. I love you. Like, more than anything, really. You're kind of, you're kind That's of on the list. I want you to I hate me right away so we can be friends. Okay. Just be like, you suck. No, I, I like you a bunch today. <laughs> yeah. Normally, no. I feel like, I, I feel like we've, I figured you out. Now this you know. Person. Now you know. Now you know how it's edited. I know I mean, mm-hmm. You know, this really isn't me. It's just I don't check the editing, so I sound like like I'm totally like a turf and I don't, I'm like anti-gay, and I'm like everyone around me is so gay. Like I literally am a gay beacon, but that's okay if you know whatever. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I tell photographers just... to make me look thin in every photo, no matter what I'm doing. Yes. So make me sound fun. <laughs> Or we'll have a problem, Brady. Right? Yeah. You I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going to have to do much. And I make people stand been... on ladders to take my photo <laughs> or fuck that. It's just not. Just take it from above. That's the best angle. Damn plane. Get us that hot air balloon. <laughs> yes. With your mouth open like well, that. Well, guys, we'll see you next week on Gavin John time. Dustin <laughs> yeah. got to talk more than he thought he would probably. <laughs> I didn't tell your kidnap story, so that's, that's, I usually say, Next time it's going to be just me and Dustin. <laughs> I love it. You're not going fast enough. Dustin's done a do. couple of podcasts. This is my first one. So oh, okay. nice. Well, you've you done an really excellent well. job. I don't think you. <laughs> I always oh bring my A game. Oh my like, gosh, go follow I Gail. I swear to God, I think he's my separated <laughs> twin at birth. I was pretty certain because I was know, afraid to put the two of you in a room together. 
The what now? I was afraid that I was to put the two of you in the room together really? because I was like, this could either be magic or it could be mayhem. Either and one would have been magic. It would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> either for way real. would have been fine. If it had been mayhem, y'all better have had out your phones because we would for sure be TikTok famous. It would be we awesome. We could still be TikTok. We could pretend. Let's erase all of us <laughs> and just pretend we're angry. Do it. Yeah, it'll like be fun. RuPaul, they shoot the winner of each person. We could shoot just different scenarios yes. of me and Gil, whether we liked each like other or not. Bickering, or we're being timid. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be all different. Or Gail's my mom, <laughs> and then she tells me on the show that she's really my mom. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Would be, let been, me go get my moo moo. Should have been nine when I was born, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, shit, I could have done it. <laughs> the way my physiology worked. Yep. Brady, just remember you totally. invited us. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> us being the operative word. <laughs> she was, hoping, she was hoping I'd be sick today. <laughs> We're going to do the podcast you while can, you're uh, up in your room you'll sweating be able to it out. Visit Gabbing John and Gail time every Monday <laughs> at six. <laughs> Coming in August. That's what we're doing, yeah, we're re- we're doing Mondays. We'll uh, take may- July to get our ideas. Mayhem going. and madness. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's, There's our TikTok name right there. Oh, went from BDSM straight to M and M's. We're just gonna eat all the M and M's. I don't know what BDSM is, but that oh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's like a Braddy Dustin and M and M's. I love M and M's. Me but too. Our, our, mm. our our partner doesn't. I uh, can't have chocolate, so I can't. Uh, have if we're gonna kiss that day, I can have chocolate. <laughs> I'm petrified. Of they don't him. like chocolate, or is he allergic? allergic? He's allergic, oh. and I've almost they, killed they, him three or four is times. That their pronoun? No, he. Ain't oh, okay. He. I just. I don't. I'm good. Whatever. I'm trying. I'm working. We're all hard. he's. It's fine. You can be whatever hard. you want to be. I support it. But Me too. I'm a he. But like, have patience with the old lady. That's all I say. Yeah. I'm like, have patience. Normalizing pronouns is a great thing. It helps everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. My uh, yes. My daughter's girlfriend is transitioning. Yeah. And uh, it's so much easier. Like, I remember all the little things, but because I met her differently, yeah. some part of my brain, it just, and I'm like, I am not doing this on purpose. As a I late 30s gay horrifying. man, queer was a word that people said to be mean. Yes. So it took me a while to get used to younger people calling themselves queers. Yes. Because um, it was not a good word for me. Um, but I've figured out as being the president of Knox Pride that saying they or them as your default is just the best way to go because no one mm-hmm. no one can be offended by yeah. it. I don't Except want to her by because she's upset <clears throat> by they or them because she's like, I'm she, her. And I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but so, if you don't know someone, if your daughter's partner, you should know. So Gail, try to be better. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. I was trying to skirt it when I screwed up. <laughs> To be able to be like, she's getting better, whatever. We're getting yeah, better every better. day. I think intention is yeah. important. So if people know you have a good intention. Let let people slide a little bit till they can figure it out. Don't was, let them slide too long. Don't give them like five or six I was the chances, only but. person to wish her a happy Mother's Day. Well, that's trying. Yeah. That's trying. She has children, and then I've I hope your made, daughter did too, though. That would be awful. I think after I did, <laughs> and then uh, yes, I know. And then well, because in the beginning. They were still going to, she was still going to use daddy for the children, mm. but I think things are different. So now for Father's Day, uh, I'm making uh, the family a card, but they're going to celebrate Family Day instead like of Father's okay. Day. Yeah. So well, I'm making Family Day cards. It was like second grade. Ashlyn, Ashlyn's <laughs> our 11 year old. She was in second grade and they did a Mother's Day card at, yes. in school. Yeah. And her teachers had the 
wherewithal to make us Father's Day cards. Yeah. And so they wrote poems about the kids' experience at home. And so we weren't we, we were not her mother, so we didn't you know expect anything. And it was Sunday, so like it was we came up to bed and it was on our on our pillow, Aww. and it was like this beautiful card that she wrote and drew. And it was it meant everything. But I know you cried. I did a lot. And yes. It was really nice that a teacher just randomly was like, "Oh, you have two dads, so this is what we're going to do here." Yes, I think that definitely since the '90s, it has gotten gotten better yeah. and more progressive. And I think that well, and she has a mother, and we've always honored mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. without her, we wouldn't have our daughter. Well, so correct. We've never tried to legally in the state of Tennessee. I'm her mother because there's not a parent one parent two it's just a mother and father and since i have a maiden name i took dustin's last name when we got married it made sense to be the mother so legally i'm her mom um but she has a mother and we never want to dis disvalue that right yes that's amazing and awesome yeah so yeah and it's great my kids made me father's day cards too i wish my mother happy father's day on facebook every year that's mm-hmm. one place i'm like i want everyone i know to see mm-hmm. that she did everything yep Instead of the separate houses, I just didn't bring men home yeah. at all was the different thing. But if I could have talked one into two houses. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think she was I used to think she was crazy. Definitely. Our, our boyfriend doesn't live thing. with us and it it's great. And if, I mean, you know, who knows in the future, but right now it works fine. Well, that's I think we had the same mentality. I I could not You're the same person. I couldn't is that what yeah. it is? I could not <laughs> in good conscience like that is the one thing that I could control. Yeah. Not having an odd person entity in the house yeah. because that was my way to be able to keep them safe because I mean their dad was a totally different person than who I thought he was. Yeah. So it was like my picker is obviously way off yeah. because you don't even know this person you've lived with for 16 years. So how are you? And then my first experience bringing somebody home was terrible and but my daughter also saw me punch somebody straight in the face. My mom with was her smart. word. She so. dated a man with a brand new, beautiful Mercedes. Nice. And when he pulled in the driver, I was like, "Daddy, we have money again." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was because going from everything to going to a, a nice hotel, um, and then realizing older that Tom, my stepdad, was paying for all that. Mm, like yeah. he, they had, my parents were separated and they started dating, but she kept it private from us. Right. And being an adult and being like, "Oh, he." paid for that super nice so my mom there was no money because my dad took it all right so this man who didn't know us was like i, I just came home there was a car for me because i was 16 and i was like my dad took my car and i was like oh i just assumed my mom found it i was like oh, she found my car but you know even when you're 16 <laughs> yeah, you don't think, how did they pay for how it everything got I was like, there. It was a brand new brand new toyota camry like that cost mm-hmm. money yes um so it's really appreciative when you get older you're like mm-hmm. oh he did all of this and this, had no need I to do it i took care of my dad my mom's you know who was my stepdad and he adopted me but like eight years before he passed away with no qualm about yeah. it but you know because of the fact that he took care of us he actually paid for my natural father's medical treatment and stuff like that yeah and it was wild i was like why did you even do that and he was like well i didn't do it for your dad you know i did it for you guys so you don't have to worry about my dad's dying and he doesn't have medicine yeah. like and it was like, oh, you know, so. Yeah, and he got karma points. It was not too. even a thing. I don't yeah, know. people think about that. When people <clears throat> take care of you, you take care of them. Fat right? With the karma. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Three of it our children super fat. have the same parent, and we supported her in a lot of ways until she passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was not always easy. It was tumultuous, but she gave us our children, so we yes. always made sure she was okay. Yeah, and, as much as you can. And she was able to interact with the kids in a positive way, and that gave them a... When it was time for say goodbye, it was... Yes. Good things remembered, not bad things. You can things. never have too many people love your kids. You have to love your children more than you dislike or hate the other person, no matter what, mm-hmm. no yeah. matter what you're dealing with. And yeah, I'm sad that my um, ex could not figure it out that his kids, you know, were valuable to him and would be valuable to yeah. him. And I feel sad for what he has to reap, you know. But, my dad found me a few years ago and said, hey, I see you have kids. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he said, well, I'd like to meet my grandchildren. So we don't have grandchildren. Tom does. Yeah. I was like, and Tom yeah. knows them. Yeah. It's like, you weren't there for me. Why would I? Right. Ever let you near the most precious things I have. Well, they're old people trying to get into heaven now and reconcile. Yeah. But they're old. And well, he called and said, lonely. <laughs> he said, do you and Justin want to fly down to Texas? I'll, I'll put you on a flight in the morning. Come stay for a week or two. I was like, we have jobs. His name is Dustin and it's 3 a.m. Yes. But he was in Brazil. So it was like nine o'clock the next morning. And I was like, you need to think about other people. And this tells me in the last 18 years, you still are not thinking about yeah. me or Justin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I did, call, I did call Dustin Justin for a few months when we first started dating. I, did, I called him Justin earlier. She did earlier today. I a guy named Justin that was really hot, so it's a compliment. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hotter than anything. you? That's hard to believe. We get called Justin a lot together. Well, that's what I said earlier. Yes. I wrote you out. I said, Dustin... Yeah, John Dustin, you're Justin now. Uh, yeah. Jaundice was our professional name for a long time. We thought that was funny because John and Dustin's jaundice. Yeah. And I thought maybe that's not the best way to keep going down there. It's like someone calling himself bruised tonsils. That's just tacky. Right. It's so tacky. It's such, such a good fabulous. name, though. Such it's a good so name. Good. That's why I'm gagging Gail time on other places. Right? Yeah, I'm telling See, I listen. I listen. I listen. See? Always listening. May not know what I'm saying, but I'm listening. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but right. I'm glad. I'm happy that you take do. it home, Braddy. Take it home. Yeah, she's. I know, right? We'll um, go, we'll you gonna to sing with us? No, but say "Gay Time" because it's June. Yeah, we yeah. will. I know. I had it wrong several times today. Well, I'd like to thank my guest, uh, Dustin Camp. We'll see you guys next week. Yes. <laughs> well, it's still June. It could happen. Hey, I'm we got a couple more weeks got, of this month. I will come see you once a month and just. Do it's a amazing <laughs> that we pick the one month with five Tuesdays in it. But when we have the patriarchy, it's like we get an extra week. Next week, on your fifth week, have us back and give us a topic. We won't talk about <laughs> us at all. We'll just talk about a topic. You pick the topic. We okay. don't believe you. But yeah, I, I don't Gail, believe Gail, you. You talked about yourself too a lot. I do all the time. It's my podcast. Well, it's mine and your podcast. Braddy gets it. Yeah, I know. It's, true. it's true. Our Monday we mayhem. We'd like to thank our editor, Braddy. <laughs> Monday mayhem. Yes. She would kill us both dead. Just dead. And if you're still listening at this point, We're which I know you are. Sorry, Gary King. <laughs> She'll listen all the way and then chastise me. You know what? We super appreciate you guys listening to us, really. Yes, on the, we love it. Yeah, we love it. I love the attention. You do, too. Please give her some attention. If you don't, she'll take her clothes off. <laughs> that's a threat. That's, that's why I take my clothes off. <laughs> oh, wait. You do that purposefully, don't you? For attention. And sometimes money. Like beer money. Yeah. Taco Bell money. Yeah. Well, it's fun. 
I'll take my clothes off and then put them back on. As Lady Gaga says, <laughs> okay, I'll put them I back live on. for the applause, applause, applause. Yep. yep. Well, yep. thank you. We really appreciate it. And we thank you so much for listening to Gavin, Gay Time. Gavin, Gay Time. Gavin, Gay Time. I forgot the song to sing. But please stay tuned for Madness and Mayhem Mondays, 6 o'clock. Bing! <laughs> Brought to you by Audible. <laughs> and, and scene. <laughs>